0: Previously on Potterfick Weekly.
1: And welcome back to Potterfick Weekly. This is Ryan.
2: I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Jen's mom. Hi y'all. <laughs> How's it going? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We would never ever say Snape
3: scathed. We would say Snape said scathingly.
2: 640,000 years ago, that third of America blew up. Boys and girls.
1: There's a thing called erectile dysfunction. Oh, my God. Yeah, but there's also a thing called vitrificus totalis. Perfect weekly, not only entertaining, but educational as well. (laughs) Who wants to see Hermione as a trial lawyer?
2: As a tribal warrior? (laughs) I want to say that... Chief! Please, I can't, don't, you have to say only good things. I will cry if you say something negative about this scene. I love, I I am not going to say, love I this am scene. not made of stone. I love how they plan to have sex at six.
4: Yeah, six o'clock. I know.
1: <laughs> My question is, when do they eat dinner? to picture, he's in the shower, and he's staring down, and he's just like, this is it. <laughs> he's having a little conversation with his friend.
5: <laughs> Today, I become a man.
2: And then they go, is this happening? And he's like, yes.
1: I don't think he said it like...
2: Oh, yes, he did. He gasped it I out.
1: Th- I think all of his concentration is elsewhere at the moment. He's like,
2: yes! No! That like completely ruined my mental manly image. He's beating his chest? He's ravaging her! Not no, he's not. not. He's a virgin. How many virgins can successfully ravage anybody? He's
1: Harry Potter! Come on! He's a skinny, <laughs> awkward kid who we think has EDs.
2: No, no, no! We don't think that! You think
1: Do you own a pig
2: no but i do have a goat really we don't have a lawnmower
1: what's the goat's name
2: Bernard.
6: (laughs) oh my god i'm not gonna lie i have to i have no idea what's going on somebody
1: explain to me what just happened (laughs) have you been here the whole time
2: i've been here the whole time but i can't remember what was just said (laughs) oh my Nate, i love him (laughs) and he's good and we're gonna find out he's good and and there just- is gold at the end of the rainbow, darn it! So, and everybody just looks at me like I'm retarded, but I laugh, and it's hysterical <laughs> to me.
1: Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> Okay, you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals. I wore a really big hat.
2: And I run after my car.
7: <laughs> I've just finished taking a test on what's your seduction style.
2: I have got to take that test.
7: I don't know what that noise was that came
1: out of Gambin's mouth. Well, I think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile.
2: What happens is as people get older, their eyebrows fall off and they don't come back. Oh, I love the social intercourse so varied. It gets me so excited <laughs> for the guy. Oh, Pepe.
5: This is like
2: the Manhattan Project. Superman is Moses. Honestly, don't you people read? Okay, oh, Superman people? is not Moses. Moses Here's depended man. on Aaron. See, Batman depends on Robin. If you're gonna do go that, <laughs> Moses is the, the,
1: the guy that was boyfriend. lost in the Moses. desert for like forty years. That just inspires okay. confidence and <laughs> in crime-fighting ability.
2: There's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch. Not while on the toilet.
1: There's no way we have Wayne. We don't care enough about the fans to have Wayne. What
2: a God. If you ever, ever, ever make me cover a story
1: with butt sex babies, I will kill you. Jen got pregnant on a boat. You know
2: how hard (laughs) it would be to impregnate yourself on a boat?
7: Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional of the people.
2: These are really stupid people. Like, I have a lot to learn from these people.
7: And Jen's like, yeah, I like looking at female butts more, too.
2: So what? Women are beautiful. Doesn't make me gay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, come here. I'm so sorry. Come here.
5: <laughs> I just, I just kicked my dog in the head. And now, uh, Potterfuck Weekly. Hey, Aaron, I don't think I've met you before. How's it going? Uh,
8: you have not, and, uh, it is going good.
5: Excellent. So, Mr. Kronk, yeah. what sort of things do you like?
8: I, I'm, I'm a Harry Potter fan. <laughs>
5: And this giant oh, yeah. spider came down out of nowhere, like right in front of my face, floating in midair. Spider Man, Spider
8: Man, does whatever a
9: spider
5: can. I'm sitting at my, my dining room table on my computer, and this spider, like in the middle of the air between my face and the screen, just came down. and Now it's going back up, and I don't see it anymore. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just like, was like, wow.
4: You should have seen the big one that crawled across the kitchen floor last night.
5: I couldn't live where you live, Sue. I hear stories about your country folk. <laughs> country folk. <laughs>
6: so I was like, you called the exterminator for one
5: cockroach. Exterminate. P.S. is hurt, I think, if you need her.
1: <laughs> I don't think P.S. likes it, though.
5: Oh, doesn't she? Oh, too bad.
1: No, I think this is one of those she loves the year, like, none other moments. I think she actually...
5: Are you sure P.S. didn't like this? fact? Like, I could have sworn she did. Let's find out. <laughs>
1: P.S. wants to know what's wrong with you, Mike. Should I tell her?
4: <laughs> oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today.
1: Yeah, P.S. is four miles from my house right now. But just, uh, yeah, that was frightening when we realized that. So like every time I leave my house now, it's like... Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> We're gonna add Robert from Spellcast to this. Alright. Oh, really? <laughs>
7: Hello, Bob. I just wanna apologize for taking you? so like... long, because, uh. Are you recording, Ryan?
1: Oh, I'm sure I am. Yeah, hey, look I at am. that. Yes, I am. Look at this, but
7: this, may be, this may be something good, because I don't know if I'd want to put this on Spellcast, so I'll explain it on Potterfic Weekly, because <laughs> my my friends listen to Spellcast, and I can get away with saying random stuff on Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> now, you wanna, you got a Wii, right, Ryan? I have
1: a Wii and a Wii Fit.
7: Okay, excellent. All right, so you know how Wii Fit works and everything. Yes. Anyway, the last time that I was at my doctor's office, I asked him, because like, the Wii Fit was all over the place, and... Um, with, the, with Like, I'd be two pounds one one day, and then later in the day, I'm like five pounds lighter. And it's like, what? Well, this doesn't make sense. There's no way I lost five pounds in a day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what's going on? So I was trying to figure out if it was a, like a, a wee thing or is it what's going on? So apparently my doctor says, okay, you need to be weighing at the same time every single day. Right. And if you can, uh, like, to get the most accurate reading, obviously, you, you have to be naked. So I was like, okay. Oh, God, you're naked on your Wii Fit? <laughs> no, not podcast. Okay, hang on.
1: Save the story for the podcast. It seems like a Perfect Weekly type story.
7: <laughs> it is a Perfect All right, hang on. Let's
1: start the podcast and we'll do it. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Sue. Aaron,
5: Mike. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
9: well... There ever be again a podcast
8: quite like this. One brought us together and started its own forum list, where the hosts
9: are all our friends, all the stories told by Jen. Will it drive
1: Ryan round the bend? Perfect Weekly clean where the story never ends. Mm. And welcome back to Perfect Week. Now, is it Who's now? Yep. He never says I'm yuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's always yum present. I don't know what to do. We've taken classes. There's been memos. I don't know what to do about poor Yunk. But we're going to be nice to poor Yunk this week because usually during the course of the week, something will happen to Jen. It happens every week. So we need emergency guest hosts. So I will contact Yum and be like, Yum, can you read three chapters for tomorrow? And he'll be like, I read them while we were talking because I was hoping you would call. I'm like, okay. So this week I'm like, Yum, can you can you read some of POU? You want to come on the podcast? He's like, sure. He was on chapter two of of like the original like POU. You know, the first. The one where, you know, Harry and Hermione is still kind of icky. And he 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 does what I do. He's like, okay, 15 chapters, then 15 chapters, then 15 chapters, and he figures they're all about the same length. He had no way of knowing that once you hit chapter 5 of Hero with a Thousand Faces, the chapter lengths quadrupled. Like, I went on vacation for a week. I still had no <laughs> chance of possibly finish it, finishing these chapters. So we're going to be very nice to me out this week. Now, I know everyone is thinking to themselves, uh, where the hell is Jen? Now, Jen, obviously, you know, is pregnant, Jen. She is pregnant with a little Thumper, little Ryan. With Jen, you know, while she's pregnant, you would assume everything would just die down. She would just oh, be no. a random pregnant woman. You assume that, yeah, of course. It's you would right. think. And, and last week, we had a little bit of a hiccup. As you remember, there were puppies and there was a giant hole and illegal immigrants. And there was a stripper and a broken car and all this crap. All right. So this week, we're like, okay, everything's going to be fine. So I get them you now. You know what worries me? It's not when I get a text message from Jen. It's when I get a text message from Jen that's so large it's split up into three independent text messages because <laughs> it can't reach me all in one. So my phone beeps, and then beeps, and it beeps, and because it's coming from Jen, it's like, "Pick up your phone!" Pick up your phone! Pick up your phone! <laughs> and I get like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm completely humiliated by my coworker. So I get the following message from Jen. Now, okay, you know what? Let's do a little interactive poof what game here. All right. Complete this sentence. Sue, my truck window was open last night when I was leaving the studio. As I was pulling out of the parking lot... A bird flew in.
5: Mike? I lost control of the car and swerved. Robert?
7: She was attacked by a mob of hobos.
5: Aaron? There was a guy in the back seat with a puppy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're all somewhat right. The text message resumes. I got attacked by a fruit bat. (laughs) (laughs) It flew in the truck window and then couldn't get out. I was alone and screaming and jumped out of the truck. It wouldn't come out. I called the police. (laughs) (laughs) They showed up. Then the story got ridiculous. I will repeat. Then the story got ridiculous. And she wouldn't even put the rest of it in writing. God knows why she doesn't trust me. It's not like I'd publicize it, please. Probably because she thinks you're going to repeat it on the podcast. Yeah. So I called Jen. I'm like, Jen, what happened? She's like, I'm sitting in my car, and I look out the window and I see the fruit bat flying at my car and I'm thinking, bah! So the fruit bat is flying at her open window and she's looking at it and it's looking at her and it's getting closer and she thinks and she says and I quote, no. 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 This will not happen. The fruit bat flies in the car and like hits her hand and flies around and she's like, ah! She jumps out of the car. And, the, and she calls the police, and the police come, and they're like, well, we're not animal control, we, we don't know what to really tell you, you know, we can't, so she thinks they're gonna come and, like, shoot the fruit bat, <laughs> and they're like, we're not going in there, so they're like, well, well, we'll lock your car up for you, so, you know, nothing can get into it, but, she's like, this is Jen's biggest concern, not the fact that she has been scratched by a fruit bat, and the <laughs> thing with fruit bats is, if they're out in the day, they probably have rabies, Right, And she's been scratched by a fruit bat. That's not her concern. Her biggest concern is she's afraid the fruit bat will, and I quote, poop in her car. <laughs> so they, they lock her car up, and now they say, ma'am, we have to take you to the hospital. She's like, what? Something's wrong. Like, we have to have you tested for rabies. <laughs> so they bring Jen to the hospital, and Jen has to be tested for rabies. Now the problem is Jen is pregnant and she can't have a rabies shot. So now she's thinking. This is Jen's thought process. All right, I have rabies. I can't have the rabies shot. Her biggest concern at this point is they're gonna bring her out back like they did with Old Yeller and put her down in the backyard.
9: Best dog
1: and her exact response was it's better than foaming at the mouth because that would just be embarrassing and that children concludes our fairy tale she's not here but fortunately jen does not have rabies yay yay
7: you no
1: know robert uh, robert's like
7: yay it's jen i mean this stuff is normal I mean, if this is, like, your average person, like, I'd be concerned, but it's Jen. I mean, this happens on a weekly basis.
1: Isn't it sad that she's a pregnant woman who gets scratched by a rabid animal, and we're like, oh, how was your week? (laughs) I don't know. It just, it it concerns me. It it just concerns me greatly. So, we're, like, halfway there, and Thumper will be born in four and a half months, and (laughs) I don't even know what to say. So, this week, we are covering the final POU chapters, or as I have begun calling them, half of the freaking series, because these chapters were 114,000 words long each, and the story is unfinished. I don't know what to really say about that. My text reader exploded. That's all I really have on that. <laughs> At
8: least tells you what happens,
1: fortunately. At least it tells you what happens, and it's weird, because I don't know how to critique that, because I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like that would work. But it's like I can't read it to, yeah. to know. And that just came out, what, like March?
8: Um, Three years between when she finished Chapter 12 and when she published Chapter 13, which is the uh, beginning of Chapter 13 and the summary of what would happen beyond what she had written.
1: It's almost like Farscape. It's just like this random cliff ending and you don't know what's going to happen. I'm really interested to see what Robert thinks. And, and definitely you too, Aaron. I know Robert has some opinions on it. I definitely think there are parts of these final chapters that work very, very well. Mm. And there are parts which I just wasn't really drawn into. I guess my end response at the end of the night will be I feel very positive about the story itself. And there are parts of it I like very, very much and are just incredibly interesting. But there are parts of it that probably didn't work out too well. And I think that was complicated by the fact that it was written over many-year periods. So every time she probably got into her groove, she would... Stopped for two years to go write something else, and it just didn't help the flow
8: of the story. And one chapter where the Phoenix comes out, and suddenly uh, there's a mention of Tonks. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hey, are you Tonks' brother, William That's yes, I am. I'm like, oh, okay, this must be during one of the. <laughs> oh, that years. explains oh. your hair. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but I'm like, uh, 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 okay, well, that's a nice little drop in there. Okay, and one of these two. The thing about the story is that in other trilogies I've read, or in other, like, two-parthers I've read, it's like the canon. Order of the Phoenix is different from Half-Blood Prince. It's a different year. It's a different take. It feels like a different story. This feels like one 45-chapter story. hmm And I don't really sense, like, the breaking points in it. It doesn't feel like the, Like, I can't even tell you what the breaking point at the end of the second story is at this point. It just doesn't resonate with me in my mind. It just seems like one big... Oh never mind, Ron's alive. Never mind, I remember. So, but um, it's like it's, one yeah, it's like
8: one big blob almost. So. She, she likes to do cliffhangers. So it seems yeah. more like their television seasons where you have action, 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 and then you have cliffhanger at the end and then you go on to the next season. Uh, as opposed to a book, where you tend to have everything, or a movie where you have you tend to have everything wrapped up more or less towards the end of the, unless you're you know stupid Matrix Two, which was bullshit.
1: <laughs> I only saw the yeah. first Matrix. I didn't even get there.
8: Oh, I thought that you, you didn't lose out on too much. There was yeah. all the, some amazing. So
1: it was it like the Star Trek Nemesis of the of the uh, of the Matrix movies, or was it? Don't even get me started uh, on Nemesis. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. Uh, Well, I I, went to see Nemesis with my friend, and she fell asleep, and she woke up half an hour later, and we left the movie theater, and she's like, I don't feel like I missed anything. You are an
5: insulting, pompous fool. And if you were not an ambassador, I would disembowel you right here.
1: One thing I just want to say, well, actually, no, I'll get to that later. Uh, Robert, why don't you start off tonight? Because you apparently have opinions about how... Let's start with the end, like just the ending of the story and where the story went. And just start wherever you want.
7: I want to say that she bit off more than she could chew and, and at the same time, I don't think that she needed to bite off as much. Ryan mentioned with the length of the uh, the chapters, like, a lot of the stuff just seems to kind of drag on at times, like, for mm-hmm. example, um, I mean, I, I really, like, since I started reading Paradigm Uncertainty, kind of when Show That Never Ends was kind of releasing, it was great to see the, the fruition of the Harry-Hermione relationship with them getting married, uh, the entire chapter that the epic chapter that, uh, is like, uh, the chapter seven. Yeah. It's and, four and, uh, and a
4: half hours long.
7: yeah,
1: you can tell those of us who listen to it versus those of us who read it. So it's like, it's four and a half hour long.
7: And then the whole issue with the master and, uh, I'm trying to remember if the master is revealed at the end of, uh, who he is at the end of, I think we, uh, yeah, I think we, we got
1: that in the last yeah. round, but okay. Yeah, we have the master.
7: Because there is actually a, a nickname for uh, Hero of a Thousand Faces. Go for it. Uh, a lot of people acronym this story as uh, H-W-T-F, which a lot of people always call this story Harry What the... Yeah, insert bleep. <laughs> yeah, but, like, the thing about these two stories is it is, like, one massive blob story, and, like, you literally pick up at the line, and hence why I was slightly confused with the whole, like, what happened where. But I just, I think that uh, the end of this story... I think it should have ended this series. I think Laurie could have ended par- the Paradigm of Uncertainty series with this book. And I think that she needed to have Harry kill the master and be done with it. And, and, seeing, and I'm pretty sure we'll talk about this later, of like what the plans were past that. Um,
1: it keeps I going and going and going and
7: keeps going. It's going and going. And it seems like pretty much the exact same ending as a show that never ends, which really irks me a lot as a reader it's like cuz the thing is is like as i want the stories to have their own feel i want the story like as even with the endings like you need to kind of have it to be different i mean it's like okay her- uh, hermione goes in exile oh noes and then at the end of the story hermione goes in the exile oh noes oh wait harry goes and joins her and it's like oh that's exciting we have <laughs> we, we've seen this before and i don't know There has to be some type of finality to it. Like if the end of the story was that they have to go away forever and
1: they can never come back and they can never see Ron again and they can never come back to Bailey Croft and they can never go. You know, would they give up every single thing just for each other? Okay, that's a good state. I mean, I feel like they made that she made that point 14,000 times. But if that's the end of the story. Okay, let's do that. But it's, let's go away for a while and then everything works out and we come back and we have a party and we use the South Ballroom because it's bigger than the North Ballroom. It's, it (laughs) it feels like, it's just like, it feels like one of those things where you're like trying to go shopping at Christmas and you keep driving around the parking lot 400 times trying to find a spot. It's like, okay, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. Okay, you're leaving. Okay, bye. And that was my thing with it. It seems like even though you had a chance to really, like, go out on... It, it, like, you had a chance to do, like, the whole thing in, like, a little house in the prairie where you blow up the whole town and that's it. It feels like it, it keeps coming back for no reason, if that makes sense. It feels like they, they really could have finalized the story and and changed it.
8: My feeling on that is, that is that she's got this arc of the three series. You start off with, you know, it's Harry and Hermione, and then you've got you've got the villain in the first one is Allegra, and then you find out she's got a master. And then the second one you find out you find out about Seth. And then the third one you find out that who the master is and you meet the ma- and you kill the master and you meet Seth. And you've got the and it's it's the big it's the big showdown there at the end. And to, rather than ending with that She kinda goes anticlimactic and says, Well, there was gonna be more after that. Like she she has a it's actually one of I think one of her her biggest problems is she she tends to uh she has the, the climax of the story occurs too early and then there's a bunch of falling action afterwards. Um it's like she likes to have the she likes to likes to wrap everything up like
1: a little bit too much, perhaps. Well, aftermath is okay. I'm a big fan of aftermath, but the thing is, oh, it has to be there's pur- purposeful aftermath. It needs to go somewhere yeah. and, and wrap things up. And
8: well, also, I mean, there's a difference between aftermath of the entire series. Like, I'm going to pick up here seventh Horcrux for example. You you have the the aftermath in that story is essentially the aftermath of the entire Harry Potter series. Kind of, but this um, this one you've just got you've got short. You know, these are single novels, part of a grander story, but you don't need a huge aftermath on every single book. She, she does a little bit too much aftermath and she's a little too fond of cliffhangers for my yeah. taste.
1: One thing which I think is okay, it's, it's, and I know Melinda talks about this, I'm not, I'm not from this part of the fandom so I don't know, I don't have experience with this, but I guess if you go on Checkmated and you read a lot of uh, Ron and Hermione stories, there's usually a common thread in those stories that they end with you know, for example, Ron and Hermione coming together, and Harry has to go off on his own little spiritual quest or whatever. And, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of angst for Harry, and in you know, Ron and Hermione, are fine. And that tends to be a theme. I'm okay with stories that end off on a level of angst. I actually probably prefer that from a from a storytelling standpoint. But what I think is the most important thing is if you're going to write a story, and especially if you're going to write a story this long and this in depth and with so many freaking different plots, you know, elements firing off in every direction the characters need to have arcs of their own. Now, like, Ginny isn't really a character in the story. She's background, but Laura is, Ron is, Harry, Ginny obviously are, uh, and Napoleon. And and oh, I, I think I... Did I just say Harry, Ginny? I'm saying Harry and <laughs> Hermione. <am> but <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sue. So, in Harry and Hermione. So, you know, the, that cluster of people, they need to have story arcs. They need to get somewhere. And I think that from what we read, Napoleon's character, from what... We read about in, in, in the final chapters here. Napoleon goes somewhere. Napoleon becomes, you know, is the, he's the unrequited love guy, and he's Harry's friend, but why is he Harry's friend? He doesn't go and have a beer with him, so what role does he serve? Mm-mm. And when he believes that Harry is the mole and Harry is the traitor, he it becomes almost like a Batman thing. And he takes on that role. I, I'm okay with that. And if Harry and Hermione take on the role where they will give up everything and they will just go and live as muggles, To me, that isn't as interesting because, you know, aside from that little mage thing going on here, they pretty much live as muggles anyway. I mean, he drives a freaking Jeep. I mean, there's not, like, what is it that he does now that doesn't make him a muggle? So that wasn't interesting. I mean, Laura, the whole thing with Sori, you know, on some level, there was some character growth there. And so, so that was okay. Draco, I thought, went absolutely no. So I guess my problem was bring the characters somewhere. And I hate to tell you, but the only character who really <laughs> blew my mind at the end was um, was Des and Remus, and Remus, Remus dies. So it's like... What about Ron? Ron had a pretty good... Run. I, I like the way she writes Ron. I really I do. I like Ron a lot. He's and my favorite character. Yeah, you could really... Melodramatize that, and you could have it be, you know, this thing. Oh my God, I've been locked in the closet for years, and I'm afraid of sunlight, and, uh, and I need to cuddle at night.
5: Like I never got over Hermione, and my best yeah. friend still.
1: Exactly, and the way she writes him up is, oh my God, I- I'm gonna have sex. I haven't had sex in like 15 years. I don't remember how to do it. Like, 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 like he's he's stunted, and I like the fact that she plays up the fact that he is still essentially a really big kid, and he's gained new skills, but he's socially exactly where he was left off. So I thought she did a really good job with Ron and we'll get into that. But one thing I said last time and Reno was here and I think uh, she and some of the others were here. It's okay. If you want to have a story where, you know, there's this big bad villain, but does the big bad villain have to also be Harry's son from a time warp? (laughs) It's like, it's like so much stuff happening that it's just like, I'm like, hold on. I
8: didn't mind that. I thought that was really, I thought that was a really cool twist that, that it was the son.
1: It did work out very well. I think at that point, it was one thing I didn't want to have to worry about because I was getting... Because it's like, okay, Jesus at Starbucks, and then she gets dropped, and she's gone. And then you got... It was like... It was so many different balls in the air. I'm like, I I can't focus on anything. I did think that Julian turned out to be a a really uh, cool villain. And I really like Allegra. I really like Allegra because I was really concerned where it was going. And with the death of Remus, it ended on a good note, you know? Sorry, Chi. I know
8: she doesn't, she doesn't write about the, the ultimate fate of Allegra either. She just says that she, you know, kills Remus and leaves. And so she's always open for more.
1: I thought that was okay because the thing with the character is, and, and I know Aaron's a big Star Trek fan. Are you watching Star Trek? You have a character like Dukat, who on Star Trek is this. He, he's an <laughs> adversary. He's not a villain. He's an adversary. In some episodes, you like him. In some episodes, you don't. And what they really do with that character is over the course of a series, they give him red eyes and he growls at people and he's no longer interesting because he loses all of his shades of gray. The the thing with Allegra that was concerning me was she was a really good villain. And then you add the part where she's essentially being raped by her own son, which is, you know, you get the whole edible thing going in here. I was waiting for her to pluck his eyes out.
8: I'm I'm sorry. I I missed No, the Greek myth, the Greek myth, the
1: Oedipus. Oh, um, edible. What did you think I said? (laughs) Edible, like, like, like that's
7: what I thought you said too. Oh, 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 yeah. That's what it sounded
1: like. He bothered. I was pretty sure what
8: you meant, but you know, I I couldn't resist. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No problem. But, um, so, and I thought her character, that was a good direction for the character to go only because it prevented her from becoming, wah I am evil. What concerned me after that was she, like, moved into Baileycroft, and I was hopeful that she would have become one of the housemates. Because it's like, if you have a TV show that's gone one season too long, they do something to ruin a character just to add some type of drama to the show because they've run out of story ideas. I was afraid this was that. And they're like, okay, you know, Lori's thinking. She's like, okay, I'm running out of steam here. I'll have Allegra move in, and then we'll have Angst. I'm like, that's great, but she's like a butcher that doesn't work well. So I like the fact at the end, the Harry's like, I'll help you find an apartment. And she's like, let me kill your father's best friend. And I'm like, Oh, bad. <laughs> so I like the fact that at least at the end, she wasn't a character that came around and became nice and learned to shampoo her hair. I like the fact that she may have used Harry for a while and
8: Aunt Napoleon, and- perhaps.
1: I'm not sure <laughs> if I would call that used. Um, Perhaps there's a different verb I can use, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was good that the fact that the character just then become this, oh, Harry, I'm so sorry. Remember the time I almost killed Hermione? I'm so sorry about that. Like, I I was really hoping you wouldn't have that. That would have been somewhat awkward, and I'm glad the story didn't go there. All right, I've been talking for 45 minutes. Sue, you have notes. I do. Run with that, Sue. What do you got? I have a question about the missing years. Yes. Does it start out with ten missing years, and all
4: of a sudden it was twelve missing years? What did I miss?
8: Oh uh, no, it was it was nine years, and um, the thing is, On gets killed at the end of fifth year. Is that right? Sixth. he, he was quasi killed. He was killed in quotes at the end of six. Yeah, he was killed at the end of six, but uh, time passes during the first two series or first two books before. Uh, so it's, it's a total of twelve years between then and okay. when they. Uh, it's nine years between the end of the seventh year and the beginning of Paradigm of Uncertainty.
1: And there was a point in there where she forgot the month of October. Yes, yeah, so that, was, that,
8: was, that was an easy mistake to make.
1: That, that was unfortunate. I hear they have great foliage in October. I'm getting married in October, so I'm like, oh, God. The so I'm on foliage watch now, so we have to adjust the wedding around New England so this fall, I get to go leaf peeping. It's going to be wonderful. I'm bringing you all along for the ride. Sorry.
5: Wait, just this me. October oh, ride? Or no, ne- or next o-
1: no, next October. Yeah. Next, October. Okay. next October.
4: Our leaves are just starting to turn. They're, they're beautiful right now.
1: What happened to summer? I, I, I don't know, but it never got to be 95, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that.
8: Peeping reminds me of that West Wing episode. <laughs> leaf peeping? Is that
1: something that we do now? Yeah, I love that.
8: <laughs> Alright, Sue, take it away.
1: I'll we'll start back at the
4: beginning, since we've done the end now. Um
1: <laughs> we'll just play it in reverse.
4: Okay. Ron's back obviously and he's kind of become this master of deduction. So every time they start to tell him something, he's like, "Oh yeah, I already figured that out." And they're like, "How did you do that?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I was watching you and and this is elementary,
1: thing my say. dear Harry." Yeah, okay. So you know, Ron borders on like sex offender at some points in here. It's okay. I understand <laughs> yeah. the fact that you, you want to see your friend kiss but like when they're having sex and you're hiding under the bed with a video camera, that takes on like a whole new life. <laughs> and that, it was it was really <laughs> concerning. And even Laura is like, "You're creeping me out." He's like, "I this must see on it. Yes, and I'm like, "Oh my god, just ask them." It like the well, good that thing about it, was- that
8: he wanted to see it. He wanted to walk in on it, essentially. I, yeah. he wanted to I, See it and then walk in on, it so that the tension would be. In it. <sighs> oh.
4: Well, I love I the part. To, I have the on- quote. What is it? He was confident in his plan. He was sure that it was just the ticket. Break the ice. Create a commonly embarrassing moment as a means of bonding over a clearly troublesome topic, something they could laugh about later. Open the door to a meaningful discussion. So that was his plan. He was going to walk in on them, and then they were going to be able to talk about this.
5: Because hey, you know what that's how people that things work. of? That rings up reading too many psychology books without actually participating in real life.
1: Ooh, there that you go. Think is Look purpose. at that, Psychoanalysis by Brother Mike. But the one thing I like, does anyone have the um, chapter in front of them where it's like Ron's journal, like it's his spy journal? And the field well, notes. Yeah, the field notes. And Laura keeps yes. trying to disrupt him. Sue, do you have that available?
4: I, I don't have it. I can get it, but I don't. Oh, let's
1: do it. Let's find that. That's a great. That's such
8: a great uh, piece of writing right there.
1: Yeah, I love the part where he – well, the thing that cracked me up as he was looking for that is there's the moment later in the sh- in the story where Ron's, like, laying in bed and he looks out the window and he sees a dark figure in the shadows. He's like, <laughs> that's odd. I'm on the 13th floor. So he runs to get Harry and Hermione and they're naked in bed and he, like, sees her breasts and Harry's jumping out of bed and he's naked. And all that. I was waiting for the line where he's like, you know what, if this were a year ago, this would have been helpful, but no. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, no, he does eventually. Find, after the after they have the breakthrough, he find he does actually run uh, walk in on them, and then they tell him about the uh, the <laughs> scale or
1: <laughs> the scale. I
9: love the scale. I feel like
1: this is a level four, and shows like I saw a level six once. We do not discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great.
4: I'm looking. I'm looking.
1: You're looking. You're looking. Robert, do you have it? Yeah. Okay. What are you looking for in it? Uh just any just read us a random like if you can read just like the part of one just to get the flavor of it. Okay, you just want me to like read it, read an entry? Yeah. In your sexy voice if at all possible.
7: Alright. <laughs> oh, in that case
1: <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, 7th. is this the person
5: they're always talking about that has the supposedly sexy voice you that haven't... all the girls are always talking about?
1: Yeah, you haven't met Robert yet?
5: I've met him. I didn't realize this was the person they were all talking about. Yes, this is Robert with a sexy
1: yes, voice.
7: Robert, I'm... they're
1: they're Robert... all
5: talking
7: about you. Yes, yeah, anyway. so I guess so. Anyway, so on Tuesday, October 7th, 2008. Wait, that sounds, that's more the movie voice. So that's let's a... see. Nine tw- uh, at nine 9.12 p.m. GMT. Observer quietly enters partial second d- floor of library balcony engaged in reconnaissance. Maintaining cover of shadow, Observer surveys the lower portions of the room. Observer knows presence of target B, white female. Engaged in perusal of white, book, of white bookshelves. I just made that up. Bookshelves. Target A, white male, is not in evidence. Observer considers absenting self from premises when adversary C, white female, whose presence was not previously noted by the observer due to effective camouflage, loudly addresses the observer rendering further attempt of at concealment impossible. Target B hails the Observer, expressing surprise at discovery therein. Observer feigns amicable and joins Target B in the main portion of the library. Adversary C offers a sarcastic aside, to which Observer responds with nonverbal expression of dissatisfaction at her interference that was lame but oh well that's all you're getting
1: well that's that yeah, I'm very pleased with it well not really but I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat pleased with it but no, no <laughs> oh, it's like geez, thanks <laughs> but it's like when you read it's just like okay you're locked in a bathtub for 12 years and now you're out and your goal in life is to see Harry and Hermione kiss and it's I really like it because one of the things I said at the end of the last podcast was I didn't know why at the end there, what the significance was in Laurie's part of having like the, like the triangle be broken because Harry and Hermione were not holding hands. And in this one, you see it. It's because on some either conscious or subconscious level, they're trying to keep their relationship exactly as it was before. And mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't work that way. And obviously in one of the scenes that comes out later in the chapters is that just like when Harry and Hermione had sex for the first time, Hermione realized our friendship is over. Everything that comes forward will be something new. But what we had before is gone. It's not like an augmentation of that. And in the same way, what they had before with Ron is gone. Because it's not going to be this equal three-part friendship anymore. And it's much more different from that. And they were feigning it. And actually, when Ron comes in and confesses... I thought that was great. You have this moment where Harry comes back from this awful um you know mission he was on and children were killed and all this stuff and ha and, and, and Harry and Hermione are holding each other and Ron's like Laura's right I'm a doofus and he leaves and then later on he like bursts in on them as they're like watching TV or whatever they're doing. He's like I was spying on you and my first thought would be like what was I wearing when he was spying? But they're like they're so confused by it, they're like, Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm Uh-huh Mm, and they're even like, you know, Ron. This is a lot of information. Can we have a few minutes to think about this? That part just blows over, and after they come out with everything, their relationship regrows itself, and they have they have a they, they have a possibly a better relationship than they had before because they just come out front with everything. And it becomes it, it grows to the point where you know Ron walks Hermione down the aisle and is Harry's best man. So I thought that that part. The, I think it was something that you kind of needed in the story. Ron needed to do something. Ron had to break in some capacity. But it was really pissing me off to read it because he was being so freaking stupid about it. Mm
5: -hmm. it. Well, you know, I I guess my thinking was it almost seemed to me because whatever it was, 9, 12 years, however many years it was, all he was really doing was sort of like obsessing over – Hermione and Harry and like imagining what they were doing and you know and to me it's almost like like a total extreme if you're waiting for like uh the new movie or the new dvd or the new like author you know to meet them something like that and he's built it up to such an extent that it almost seems like you know his life the last 12 years has been to find out what they're doing so I can kind of understand while he's while he's sort of spying on them and he kind of wants to witness it because this has been his fantasy to keep him going all this time
1: one thing that just pops into my head, which I didn't think about before, is how many times you see like, a TV show where a character wakes up and he's been like in a coma for 15 years, and he looks around and everything's a little bit different and relationships are a little bit different. For all intents and purposes, Ram is conscious the whole time, but he's been sucked out of the world for 10 years and now he's dropped back in and he left you know his friends at hogwarts you know when they were very close friends and he comes back now and they're engaged to be married and he left the world where draco malfoy was jackass and he comes back and draco malfoy is dating his sister and oh by the way slept with his best friend without her knowing it was him so he comes back to this world where things are just very different and on some level, I think he wants to see that and have it be proved to him that it works. But it did aggravate me because it was just the writing of Ron, especially when they're at the burrow and he's sneak. It's one thing to, you know, oh, I'm walking down the hall and maybe I'll peek around the corner and see if they're kissing. But it's another thing to like break into the house. And, you know, you're- <laughs> like, I'm picturing him like walking all across the lawn, like holding a giant shrub. Like moving with the shrub. Is that shrub moving? Like, and the thing that which is ridiculous is they're freaking spies. And I love the part where, where I forget <laughs> yeah. the language. But he's like, like, you know, you have it. It's the one with the. Uh, I had the, it just a second ago. Let me go yeah, back. It's, yeah, it's like the toy sword or whatever. And the,
5: I do think part of it too, though, is that it's not just Harry and Hermione who have changed. I forget who it was. It said uh, Ron's essentially the same as he was when he went in at age fifteen or whatever it was. But I kind of disagree. I almost think Ron's turned into as different a person as a result of his captivity as Harry and Hermione have due to just events in their regular lives.
1: Yeah. He's It actually would have probably been harder from a storytelling standpoint if Ron was like in cryogenic freeze or something and didn't move or didn't do anything for 10 years. He's grown himself. He's read every book known to man four times and
8: he's,
5: he's different.
1: Yeah. He's very different. He's apparently gotten really good at chess on the internet. But on some level in the early chapters, the way he tries to present himself, he's like, he's calm, cool, collected, nothing bothers him. He is just incredibly, you know, mellow, and he tries to make people feel good. And it's a front. And he's really this ripped up guy inside. And one thing I like about Laurie's writing is that it's, on some level, essentially close to what you see in the canon. And I said this last week, I believe. The characters respond like real people. When... Harry sees Ron's supposedly dead body. He holds Hermione back from seeing it because there's the scar carved in his forehead. He's afraid if Hermione sees that, she'll hate him. And Hermione, upon hearing that was his concern, is like, well, you know what? I mean, if I had seen it, I can't tell you what I would have thought. These aren't characters who are perfect. And there's even the moment where Ron admits that if it had been Hermione, that was taken. Ron was there with Harry, and you know the scar was carved in Hermione's forehead. He knows he would have hated Harry, and he would have resented okay. Harry, and he would have blamed Harry. That's something which you know. Once we read *Deathly Hallows*, we see Ron kind of respond that way. But at this point, I thought that was a very different way to write the characters, because these are the always the, I'll take the bullet for you, no, I'll take the bullet for you characters, <laughs> and they're very—they're they're like Starfleet officers. Are you watching Star Trek? I always think it's funny when someone pulls a weapon on a Star Trek character, like 43 people all jump in front of them. <laughs> it's like one of those things, and this is actually like a really good way of writing it, because that's what happens. I mean, if something happens to a child, the parents often get divorced, because they blame each other, and they don't trust each other, and, and, and they turn on each other, and that's just something that kind of happens, so... I like the fact that that was incorporated into the story a little bit.
5: On a random note... Stop you would, talking. Stop talking now. I think, Ryan, you'd be a good replacement for Judge Judy. Judge Judy sees what other judges can't see. Have you ever seen that show?
1: You're going to be crying before this is over. Why did I just remind you of Judge Judy? We do everything my way here, because it's my playpen.
5: Well, I, I got to think of it because you were talking about the, uh, the parents hating the whatever. That seems like something she would do. But I don't know. You kind of have, like... Like I could see you be like lecturing them on like what they did wrong, kind of. Oh, I would.
4: Do you know why that's not the way it happened? Because
7: it doesn't make sense.
1: Oh, I have a coworker who's having a lot of problems with her son. Like, every day I'm critiquing her parenting skills, even though I've only, in my entire <laughs> life, I've had a turtle and a goldfish under my care and both died gruesome deaths. But I'm telling people how to raise their children. It's very sad. What a Breaking. wonderful guy you are. Two cool stars for you. All right, Aaron, Robert, too, you guys quiet. Jump in.
8: One of the things that uh, happens with Ron coming back is you have the trio reformed, kind of, but you know the the, the roles have kind of switched around a little bit. Ron has gone from being this you know hot-handed, you know kind of act first, you know think later kind of person to he's much more thoughtful because he couldn't act for 12 years. He had to he had to sit around with nothing to do, so he's become he's become he's taken over. They 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 mention on this they they uh, later on his, uh Harry says that he could have never imagined when he was in school. A, <laughs> Time where Hermione would be fighting by his side and Ron would be the one in the library. In the library. It's, it's interesting that role reversal it occurs.
1: Well, there's even a moment later on in the story where Hermione's like, "Harry, you know, are you sure you want Ron to do that? Because I'm really good at research." And he turns around, he's like, "Well, he's good at research too, but you know, kung fu. So it's like I couldn't. It. <laughs> and it's just like a really great moment. Like, I Ron love Ron that- does not no kung fu. So uh, yeah." Well, I like the part, too, where they're on the golf course protecting the people. Oh, and I have a big problem with the people (laughs) in the boat. Give me a second. And they're on the (laughs) golf course, and and Harry's... Like, seriously, picture, you know, you're out, like, you're out with your wife, and, you know, like, the couple next, like, the guy from, like, from next door, or whatever, comes over to fight you, and you send your wife to go kill him. It's like, I'll be over here, dear. But it's like, I- I'm just picturing Harry, like, marching over the Hermione. You got it, dear? Oh, yeah, I got it. And she's marching up to, like, the four huge people, and she's like, and she's like marching up the hill, and she beats the shit out of them. I love the moment where she she beats up, I think, two large men and and one woman and this other woman's giving her a hard time because this woman knows kung fu and she's like a black belt and she does this entire thing and I'm picturing her standing on one foot with her arms extended going Wah! like doing like the whole <laughs> bird thing and Hermione's like what the hell was that? <laughs> and she just, like, walks over and, like, punches her in the face, and she's down for the count. <laughs> Hermione walks back. She's like, I didn't know they gave black belts and stupid, but... Apparently. Oh. <laughs> so, I just thought, that, like, hmm. I have no idea why I just said that Hermione black... Oh, yeah. It's... I just think it's really kind of funny, just the way they worked out. On some level, it makes sense because Ron is the ca- is like the tactical guy, so it's mm-hmm. you would think he'd have like charts and maps and like a big magnifying glass. Like I'm okay with that, but I'm, I'm I enjoy the comic book aspect of Hermione kicking people's ass. I think that's what yeah,
5: really kind of see a bit if, if
8: there's one thing we've learned from Firefly and Serenity, it's that it's always fun to watch uh, uh, a girl kick ass. Uh, yeah, because you know you could watch you could watch uh, you know Summer Glob beat the crap out of out of fifty guys you know all day long
5: because it's based. awesome. Yeah.
1: like well, I'm thinking through the story here, and what was I just actually what was I just going to point out in the story? I was just going to point out um boat
5: people. This- you're
1: boat people. Oh, before all we all do right. the boat people, do we do the wedding? Oh, there was a wedding. See, Sue is the person who writes. Know what it is? I just read 84 chapters, and I'm like, okay, everything from the birth of Christ on is fair game. So I'm trying to go through here. <laughs> I thought that the wedding chapter was about 50,000 words too long. Yes. Like, I have to tell you, I'm getting engaged. I, I think I thought I was no, actually going to be I married. I are engaged. With- I am engaged. I am engaged. This is the confusion (laughs) part I have. I keep saying I'm married and the engagement is coming up. I keep flipping the two in my head. So I'm telling people I have wedding pictures and they're like, you bastard, you didn't invite me to your wedding. And I just get confused. But um, I I honestly thought I was going to be married before that chapter was over. I felt like it was like, like I'm planning a wedding. And I have to tell you, reading this chapter stressed the everliving crap <laughs> out <up> of
9: me. <laughs> and it's well,
8: like, you're not you're not you know Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. You get to have uh, you get to not uh, you get to run a little bit lower under the radar than, than Harry and I
5: don't know. mine's the PFW. I was going to
1: say... No, there was actually the Empire a, forums I, can coming. Can I just tell you, I think the Puffwood ta- Actually, no, I'm going to have a relatively small Puffwood table, and I'm having, like, everyone in my office, because everyone knows, so it's like, I work with you every day, I can't not invite you, so we're doing... I'm actually th- considering some type of lottery system where I'll give, like, free stuff to people who don't bring their spouses and take each other, because they'll save me, like, 60 bucks a head or whatever. They-
5: I don't but, have um, a spouse.
1: They- <laughs> but uh- <laughs> Intense. <laughs>
5: wink, hey, wink, invite Sanchez. me, invite.
1: <laughs> wink, wink, <Sanchez. laughs> But, um, yeah, it's, it's... I'm reading this chapter, and it's literally... I really... Can I just tell you this? Danielle and I picked the place we're getting married. and Where is literally, it? <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. It's in New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire... People in New Hampshire... Like, I wish Tina were here, right? I, I should stop making fun of Tina as being the Pope of Walsh. I just can't do it. Tina is from New Hampshire. People from New Hampshire... Are, it's the live free or die state, and that should tell you something. And they like to wear flannel and they carry shotguns with them everywhere. But that's if you get like deep north in the woods of New Hampshire. On the southern New Hampshire border, which borders Massachusetts, it's just, you know, it's urban and it's small towns, and, and, and you're 12 minutes from the nearest highway, and it's a very busy area. I'm getting married literally like four houses into. New Hampshire, like you can throw a rock and hit Massachusetts. You would think I'm getting married on green acres, the way these people talk. They're like you're in New Hampshire now, <laughs> and it's like, like it's 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 just hysterical <laughs> to me that they that they think this way. But help me, what, gave- what were we just saying? So, Weddings? Was it going to be something Not about the,
5: the
1: carriage? Danielle and bringing I'm just- spouses. Oh no, I'm sorry. So, Dan- so Danielle and I picked the place out. A lovely woman who's giving us a tour of the place where we're having our wedding. And I made a comment about Father of the Bride. And she's like, oh, what's that? I'm like, it's a story about, you know, a couple that get married. Oh, (laughs) and and wedding coordinators. Oh, like you. Oh. Mm, I love the weddings of the homes. They're very personable. They're warm because they're fabulous. Oh, so John Wall 6, give
7: us seven months. Uh Uh-oh, hello. That's five months. (laughs) <laughs> Five months, not much. But that don't bother me so much because it's a little bit tight, but we can do it and it will be spectacular. <laughs> so
1: you worry, so I was like, don't worry about that. So now, let's see. This is what
0: I suggest.
1: I suggest so that we select the keg first. Because okay. you know, the keg, very often determined what kind of wedding that you end up having. So let's just choose the keg, okay? You haven't seen it? No. I'm oh my- like... Really? This is like an astronaut being like, Star Trek, what's that? Like, it was just like really <laughs> funny. But all I could picture reading the story was the whole se- like, Harry's Day from Hell. I really, okay, how does it start off? I forget how it starts off, but he's in the kitchen and Ginny's screaming at him for inviting his ex, even though Hermione already knows. And then Claire right. Granger is like, "Screw you! I will decide what ring you and Hermione use." And Harry has to like get into a fist fight with his mother-in-law right before the wedding. And there was another one too. There was another argument he has. I can't think of what it was. But he's literally—you can see Harry's hair fall out as as the scene is progressing. And I and know by but- the coming out the ears. Yeah, it seems coming out of his ears that he's marching around the house and he's slamming doors. And there's so many doors in this house, that's really, like, a challenge. And you know, all I could picture was him in the jeep flying away from Bailey Croft, And I was picturing, like, Hermione have to bail him out of jail because he went to, like, the supermarket and got into a fight with the clerk over, like, the hot dog buns or something. Like, I was waiting for it to be the full Steve Martin. If I have to move out old furniture and add amps and repaint the walls and get a new tux and pay for swans... Then I like the chipper chicken. Is that clear? Yes. I see you're starting to lose it. I was beginning to feel like I was having an out-of-body experience. I had to get out of the house and fast. But I'm just like, oh my god! Like, like this fic probably stressed me out more about my own (laughs) wedding than anything else. And like, I'm even reading this, and they're like, when they're at Hogwarts and they're at the wedding and a lot of people left, the wedding was trimmed down to a mere 280 people. That's like twice as many people as like at my entire wedding if everyone shows up. Like I just thought it was hysterical reading it, being in the position I'm in right now, and like Ray, who was on a
8: couple of weeks ago, who just got married. It's like Here's it's a question for you. How many like, of your ex-girlfriends have you invited to your wedding?
1: How many of my ex-girlfriends <laughs> have I invited to
8: my wedding? Because every single one of Harry's exes goes to this wedding. Two of them are in the wedding party.
1: Actually, every ex makes it. Right, every ex is yep. a Laker. Well, yeah, every they do. Even,
8: even the evil Likers. one.
1: Even even the evil bitch one who kills Remus. Um, I don't think I'm trying to think. No, none of my exes are going. For a second, I thought we might have had one, but none none of my exes are in fact going to my wedding. So hm. I think we're good. I think we're good. Well, I love you, the part with her with with Ginny too, when she's screaming at Harry, "You can't invite the next to your wedding." I felt like I was waiting for the line where he's like, "Um, we've had sex." like like it just the whole thing cracked me up but well the other thing that cracked me up too about the wedding is number one I love the points and stories where the author kind of does exposition to explain why you may never have heard of this aspect before in the canon (laughs) and it's like okay they get married in the great hall I don't remember weddings when we were at Hogwarts. Oh, they put charms on you, so you just don't go near the Great Hall. They had weddings every <laughs> week while we were here. I'm like, oh, okay. And the other thing I just love too is the fact that Harry and Hermione have sex everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. they're like they go into the classroom. We have a few hours to kill. Let's have sex. I'm like, who, who does that?
8: Later uh, on, on the, the cruise ship. They get the, the Invisibility Cloak, like, let's let's just have sex here. You know, put the Invisibility, co- invisibility Cloak over us, silencing charms, we're good to go, right?
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're,
8: every... they're a bit exhibitionist. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, every book in the damn freaking canon says, hmm, we wish this, this Invisibility Cloak was a little bit bigger, don't we? Because they opened under <laughs> it. So all I'm picturing is, like, Harry's naked ass in the air. or like, as they move over, it's like, you can't be doing that. That's ridiculous. As they're spying on people, they are the worst spies ever. <laughs> they're not to anything. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. This is my problem with 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 some of this. Okay. Hermione and Harry are at Hogsmeade, and they're attacked by a muggle. And Harry's like, no, we'll, I'll go to federal prison. We must kill him with our bare hands. So then, then okay, then they go to rescue Ron, and they're pinned down, and the ceiling is caving in, and they have their arms wrapped around each other, and hope is lost, and they've given in to the inevitable. And, her, and, and Hermione's like, Harry, do you think we should shoot back? And, and Harry's like, no, I'll have to pay a fine. And they're, like, holding each other. There's a and bunch then, of paperwork. Exactly. Like, and then in this story too, where where Sarah's like Hermione, could you put me on the pill? And Hermione's like, no, I'll go to prison. I can't do that. But then Harry's on the freaking boat. and He's like, ooh, want to see some magic? Want to apparate to San Francisco? But like, you can't do. Th- You'll go to federal prison. Like you can't. Like, and but, no. And didn't th- no? Because I know they don't beat up the people on the. No, didn't they charge? They um. Stunned the people on the golf course, didn't they? The muggles on the golf course?
8: No, they, uh, they beat yeah. them up. They beat them up, yeah. <laughs> but didn't them. know,
1: because they said they'll be out for at least a day. Oh, well, yeah, she, uh, she kind of... But are they the muggles at that point, or are they... They're muggles, right?
8: Yeah, muggles.
1: They're muggles. Right. Like, well... what the hell is that? And then they apparate the damn people to the ministry. <laughs> like, what is up with this?
5: It's only when your own life's not in danger that you can use magic on muggles. Does-
1: does is it? Is it not count on boats? Like, I don't understand the rules of this damn universe. It's cracking.
5: International, the time. international yeah, territory, maybe.
1: It's like what they do in Massachusetts. You can't you can't gamble, so they have a gambling boat, and they push it <laughs> off the shore, and now that we're in international waters, we can gamble and then come back in. Yeah. It's like, I, like, that thing just cracked me up. I'm like, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. And then at the end of the story, where you find out that Herm- Hermione's the damn president the whole time, and... <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm going to admit something to you. I'm going to admit something to you, my fellow Papuanians. When I was reading these chapters, they got a little dense. Oh. In the middle the story got a little dense. So I and I got pushed and I don't know if you know this, I'm a political geek and I'm trying to watch no, the damn really? I'm, conve- I'm trying to watch the convention coverage and I'm trying to read and I bought a Wii. Robert
7: Oh, no. I thought you had forgotten about it.
1: <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I bought a Nintendo Wii, and I bought the Wii Fit. I drove to Canada to get the damn Wii Fit. And I have Mario Kart, which confuses the crap out of me, but I have Mario Kart, I have the Wii, I have the Wii Fit. Look at me. I'm golfing. And, like, I'm doing all of this. I'm I'm scaring everyone in my home. I, I have all this stuff going on, and Lady Chi and I are screaming at each other, and I'm trying to... Dave wants to golf with me, and Danielle wants me to Mario Kart with her or whatever the hell I'm doing now you would think my life is busy enough, but then we have dear Robert from Spellcast who has a problem with his we robert
7: i don't have a problem with my we thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> i am just curious though sorry it was the yeah the obligatory uh weed joke but uh so i ryan I don't, I don't, i'm confused how how it's not difficult. It's like Mario Kart. You have a wheel, you steer it. Do you oh. have a problem with like driving your car? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I keep Mario driving Kart, over banana peels, and like I hit a cow at one point. I'm like, this is. Like, I don't
5: know, like, at I'm least it wasn't so. Ryan, the goat. I sympathize with you because when I was an RA, we mm-hmm. used, we had this mario kart marathon all night long where it was dollar a game if you lost and i was down like 80 bucks by the end of it <laughs> so, i sympathize
1: it says mike who pays like 80 bucks to get the pitcher over him like <laughs> re-glass and it falls off and shatters oh, oh that, damn it that was <laughs> that was bad all right so so robert okay way, i finally-
7: i have I have finally a poof waiting-esque story to put on the show because I much rather not put it on my own show. Because I mean, yeah, we we're a class act, and I'm joking. Well, anyway, so pretty much, um, like Ryan, I picked up the We Fit and the We. Actually, know some uh, it was a birthday gift. Actually, that I think about it. Anyway, um, so I start uh, using the We Fit, and each and every time, like, because in We Fit, you have to do a daily test where it weighs you and checks your balance and. Does has like this balance test, and you look like an idiot. And hopefully, if someone nearby is taking video, they'll hopefully not put it on YouTube so people can laugh at you. How
1: old does Uh, it say you are?
7: This morning, I was twenty one.
1: Now, how old are you in real life?
7: I am twenty four. Okay,
1: I am twenty seven in real life. And and what Robert's meaning is, if you don't have one, you scan. It's like a scale, so you scan on the scale, and there's like separate pads for each foot. And what it does is it makes you lean more say on your right foot so if you lean on your right foot the little bar goes down you have to keep the bar in a certain little zone so to keep it in the zone you have to put that much pressure on that foot versus the other one so it's a balance thing it's like you know how much control do you have over your balance i'm 27 and it told me i had the body of a 29 year old my mother is 57 it told her she had the body of a 77 year old woman my mother is not a fan of the Wii
7: Fit. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, ironically enough, I have a very opposite story to that because um the first day I got the Wii Fit. I I will explain what where the where the age comes from in a second. The first time I was on it, my uh age was forty-one. <laughs> and my uh mother, who thank God doesn't listen to PFW because she'd kill me if I was announcing her age on the air, uh who is uh fifty one or two. I can't remember my mother's age. I'm so horrible. Uh, anyway, they, uh, we fit said she was like 22. Nice. And it was like, whoa, like, it's funny. I'm you know, older than my mom. Go figure. Um, it's like Allegra but, and Julian,
1: but carry on without.
7: The week, <laughs> exactly. Something. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, but no, the, okay. for the, for those of you who are wondering where that uh, age comes from, it's actually how well you do on the balance test. Like if you do the balance test, Perfect. You get like a really low score. But if you like screwed up big time, like yeah. you're 20 years older than you are.
1: Well, that's what happened to my mother. And it actually asked her, you know how you have your little wee fit and it talks to you? It asked her if she frequently falls down when walking. <laughs> my mother's like, God damn, motherfucker. And she's all upset. I'm like, Ma, <laughs> you do fall down when you walk. It's a fair question for the Wii Fit to ask. Like, my mother's the type of person, she's in the... She's up in a... I come home, she's up in a lather. I'm like, you need some help? No, I'm fine. And you see her go flying down the side of the house. So, my poor
7: so
5: wait, mother. So, is this the Wii story or is there more to the story? Oh, the there's, much more, uh, the story. Uh, there's you know, more to the story.
7: No, it's really kind of creepy about the Wii Fit, before I actually told the story that actually kind of spawned this whole thing, uh, is that I got it, like, originally, like, back in March. And, um... Just because of the way it, like my schedule was working, I really didn't have the time to really do it anymore, unfortunately, and I wanted to focus on more actual like effective exercise such as treadmill and weight heavy I mean, well not heavy weight lifting but weight lifting and uh, so I stopped playing mm-hmm. and but in the meantime, my mom will occasionally still play because I guess that she really likes it tell uh, has, likes having a video game tell her that she's twenty years younger than she really is um. But what will happen is, is when she logs into the Wii Fit game, like, the the character that talks to you is, like, a little animated kind of Wii balance board thing. Right. And occasionally it will say, so, where's Robert? I haven't seen him in a while. How is he looking? And then the, the game requires you to say, oh, he's looking great. Or, oh, he looks like he's put on weight. And it's like... Oh. So, but so Wii, Wii Fit stalks you. Like if you don't play, it asks the other people who play, "Where are you? And why aren't you playing the game?" So, it, like, oh it's, my god, it's <laughs> <That's> creepy. <awesome. laughs> oh, it's so crazy. yeah,
1: I found. You know, what's really bad. There's a, on the Wii Fit. There's a program where is a game where it basically is like you can jog in place. And you jog in place, and, and, and you're running around this little world. I actually found that if you just move the remote control up and down, it thinks you're running. So how bad am I that I shell out all this money for my Wii Fit to get in shape, and I'm sitting on my couch moving my arm up and down like <laughs> trying to achieve this system?
7: But wow, that's that's that, cool. that was true. I felt awful. No, like
1: literally the first week we did this, Danielle and I couldn't move our arms because we were boxing and we were bowling and we were golfing, and we're like, oh my god, we're so exhausted. But anyway, so you discuss. There was an issue with, with the scale, as I recall. There was an issue with the scale.
7: Yeah, when, when we first started out, um, like I think it also had not, wasn't necessarily a, a scale issue because the thing was is like one day I'd like weigh like my weight, and then like the next day I'd be like two or three pounds like heavier, and then the next day I'm like five pounds lighter, and it's like what's going on? And of course, come to find out that it's issues with oh, guess what? You have to weigh at the same time every single day. I was gonna guess you
1: were momentarily bulimic, but carry on. Yeah,
7: <laughs> yeah I'm bulimic, and then <laughs> I. Anyway, so ironically enough, like instead of like probably figuring this out on my own, like I just happened at the time, like a couple weeks ago, to have a doctor's appointment, and I was curious. I was like, I mean, is my weight really fluctuating, or is this thing a piece of yeah horrible weight scale thing? And I was like, because I, I want the most accurate reading possible. And he said, okay, well, the, the best thing for you to do is, like, like, when you wake up, like, if you wake up at the same time every single day, just wake up. When you're naked, go and get on the wee Fit and, or get on the scale and weigh yourself every single day at the same time. While you're so naked. I was like, yes, naked. My, my doctor suggested checking my weight naked. I was a little disturbed by that. I mean, but it's okay because, um, I mean. Where's the Wii Fit
1: in your house?
7: It's, it's, in the, it's in the weight room. So, I mean, it's, it's in, a, in a room that's like not anybody's really going to traverse at 5 o'clock in the morning. So if it's not
1: distant family room weight. with the glass windows <laughs> on all sides. All right.
7: No, it's not. So I mean, I, at first I was like, yeah, right, I'm not going to do this. But then I was <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I really do want the most accurate reading possible. <laughs> so I'm going and because of the fact that it's 5 o'clock in the morning. And no, or actually, it's because I wake up at 445. And because it takes so long to load up and do all that sort of stuff, I want to make sure I'm not going to be late for work. But so I do it in the morning, and just in case, if someone just happens to wake up and just like randomly walk into the weight room, I want to make sure that they don't <laughs> walk in on me uh, testing on We Fit naked because that'd be disturbing. So I, I wrote up like a, a sign that says uh, "Naked guy playing We Fit, do not enter." And
8: you can't
1: buy those in stores; they don't, they don't already make them oh, yeah.
7: <laughs> Unfortunately not.
1: And I just market, feel
8: like- could make a lot of money that way, I think. I think it's a mm-hmm. you know, large market for that.
7: Yes, definitely. So it's like, but no one has noticed because, I mean, it's four o'clock in the morning. No one's going to get up and it's kind of on the other side of the house anyway. But randomly, my parents and my brother found the morning we Fit sign. And yes, much uh, it, a lot of issues ensued thereafter because they were afraid that I was actually doing like all of the games all of <laughs> You're running in place
1: naked, <laughs>
7: yeah, <We> boxing <laughs> while naked <laughs> Exactly.
1: I'm like no You're no. bowling <laughs> doing nine holes of golf.
7: <laughs> no, not doing we sports naked, Ryan. I not that's not my thing. I don't know what you do, but that's it's, it's, so, it's yeah, definitely,
1: I right. am no, I am by no means a golfer.
7: I am by no means a
1: golfer. But I think I'm a golfer. And I make up like names of clubs that don't exist. <laughs> and I um, and I like give people advice and I have no freaking clue what in the world of talking about. Every time I hit the ball into the bunker, I scream at the top of my lungs, get the chipper! Because I call the club that I get use when my ball goes in the sand trap, the chipper. Like, I don't... It's not called the chipper. I don't know what it's called, but Sandwich. I just make it... Uh, whatever. Yeah. I'm The wedge. I just make a complete ass of myself. And then you have Danielle, who does it, who does, like, the topographical analysis, and she's like, <laughs> I have to go left 42 degrees, or I'm not going to get up the hill. And I'm like, get the chipper! So, like, literally, we're it it is like the worst case of we're very fun when we play in our Wii Fit.
7: I think you definitely need to pick up... Uh, advertising for Nintendo here, pick up Wii Sports Resort, that which comes out next year, because mm-hmm. I think it'd be hilarious. I mean, the next time Jen visits, to see Ryan and Jen sword fight. Is that <laughs> is actually... Fighting.
5: <laughs> is
1: <this? laughs> Whoa! Someone got excited. What just happened here? Something's wrong. What just happened? Am I
7: alright? Uh, huh? I'm fine.
8: Who Somebody happened? die. Mike?
1: Mike? <laughs> It's got to be Mike. 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 Mike.
8: Mike. Mike has just collapsed in his chair. <laughs>
1: Did he, like, <laughs>
8: roll down a flight of stairs on the way? A, I think it
1: was the picture. A few the picture seconds. fell on him. Is he gone? Yeah, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, you know those movies, like the crappy movies where the guy gets shot? He's like, oh, I've been shot. But he manages to take out, like, four bookcases and, like, leave the room and fall down the stairs on the way. That was like the. Mm-hmm. I'm making fun of Mike. He probably just like He's
7: not time. even in the chat.
1: <laughs> oh God, <No>. Mike! Mike,
8: <gasps> hold on. <let's>
7: <laughs> really horrible, something like, really bad,
8: did happen to him.
1: <laughs> and we're like, ah, that was funny.
8: He probably he probably snuck into somebody's house and was using their computer because his wasn't working or something. And they they came home and tried did to shoot you know him it? or caught him. <laughs> Sorry, what's maybe it? I think my imagination is a little overactive on this one. What's not,
1: What's Wii Sports uh, Resort? What's going to be in that sword fighting?
7: Uh, pretty much, Wii Sports Resort is the new Nintendo offering of the Wii Sports series. Now, are Wii Wii Sports <laughs> Re- what are you reading? What
1: are you reading?
7: He's in this commercial <laughs> place right I'm now. I'm a commercial place, <laughs> and I'm actually sure, I'm not
1: reading you know anything. Do, Ryan. talk really fast, like you're trying to get like, little points.
7: Oh, out I behind. can't. Oh, I hate talking fast. No, pretty much, Wii Sports Resort is a game where you get to do. Great resort beach games, such as tossing frisbee on the beach, going riding on a wave runner, and sword fighting.
8: And on behalf of everyone, I'd just like to say my hand. Because sword fighting, <laughs> I don't I go to the beach,
7: I just they love just, doing Kendo.
8: They just want an excuse to get sword fighting in the game.
7: Oh yeah, of yeah. course, considering they're, they're toting their new Motion Plus that they should have had yeah. in the very first place, but yeah. I, I just Are find it gonna- funny, it's like, fighting, beach, What? I don't are think they releasing
1: so. a new are they gonna come of with like a Wii two or is the current console
7: um, well eventually, eventually they're coming they up with
8: a second um, uh, what's it called uh, accelerometer for the for the Remote. that's gonna plug into the bottom that's gonna okay. make it more sensitive or something
7: okay that's you know, interesting i mean this is probably i don't know if this is definitely a very poof way you to be talking about but it's very funny because um, I don't know if any of you are familiar i mean i know some you, i know you guys are obviously star wars fans I'm assuming uh, yeah um, there's a new Star Wars game coming out called, uh, force. Un- and it's going to be like one of the. Mo- it's like supposedly the defining Jedi game or Sith game or like force user game. Like, it's just awesome. And the thing is, is LucasArts is so pissed because of the fact that Nintendo didn't even tell him about it. It's like, I mean, what is the coolest thing that you could possibly do with the Wii? It's and reenact a lightsaber. it's like, all oh, right. One to one lightsaber. I'm an awesome Jedi. And they so could have done it. But Nintendo in their crazy business practices said, Oh, we're gonna keep this to ourselves and make Wii Sports resorts with kendo fighting. Everyone will love it. <laughs> and it's and it's like no yeah. you fools. It would have been awesome to like be awesome, Jedi. But no. Well,
1: I wanna know why in Wii Sports can't
7: like I go golfing with you. Like why? Oh oh, you- no, you're opening up the can. Um Nintendo's philosophy is they want like interaction, like their their focus like Microsoft and Sony go with the whole internet like the gaming generation like they want people like online and doing that sort of stuff while Nintendo, Nintendo is kind of focusing more on the family they want to focus on people who are there they want to like
8: well, yeah it, because uh, it, with a few exceptions they mostly have just. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. co- uh, multiplayer games are mostly just by them. Bo- mostly in in-house people. You know, it's only only people that are uh, together locally. Uh, there are a couple, except I know Smash Brothers Brawl has an online um, um system. Mm-hmm. But um, Mario Kart, though I can
7: right. You have to look at it this way, Ryan. I mean, seriously, would Wii Sports be as much fun? If you're playing someone online compared to playing your friend who's looking like a complete idiot trying to, like, swing a fake tennis racket or... swing, but I don't a... know why you
1: can't do both. I guess my point is I don't know why you just can't do both.
7: Nintendo's Nintendo.
1: Okay.
7: They have, they're have crazy. With Mario Kart, space. though,
1: but am I right, though, with Mario Kart, you can play with other computers?
7: Oh, yeah, you can play up to, like, 16 people online, I think, or maybe 12, okay. I don't... Or...
1: Well, I challenge like, all of you to a, to Mario Kart, whatever.
7: Yes. That would be hilarious. i go and buy Mario Kart just to play Mario Kart with you.
1: Well, yep. Mario Kart's a little weird. Like I said, I was driving on the racetrack and I hit a cow. So, I'm not sure what's up with that, but whatever. I don't think Mike's coming back, and I have to say, that's the most what exit we've ever had for a peon. <laughs> Yeah. He literally fell down in, in, in like it's like who shot Jr.
8: and Mike was never. He can seen come again. up with all sorts of uh you know elaborate uh, ways he might have met his end just now.
1: My fellow Puffwanians, write in and tell us what you th- write in. What is this, nineteen seventy two? Call in and tell us what you think <laughs> happened to Mike. And it's like Jem with the fruit bat, with the closest person wins a Puffwa toaster or whatever with the hell we have in stock, I don't know. We'll give you five galleons in the form. You can go. Sue has stuff for sale in the forums. So you can you can buy like a dog or a weasel or something on the on the, on the
8: forums. So a lemur. Like you can and buy a We have lemur lemurs can, are can, for sale. Painting go goats. Oh man, I got I got galleons burning a hole in my pocket. I got to buy that lemur. There you go. Ah, there's the three lemurs of, to choose from. Or the
1: Sword of Gryffindor. The price is going up. So, um. Oh, what about that special? <laughs> what about
7: that special pet, Sue? That I'm looking. The, I'm looking. Thank you. It's kind
4: of like the invisibility cloak. I just can't find it.
1: Yeah. Richard in the forum is asking me if I'm watching the McCain speech. I wrote back, I can't. I I have to stop donating money to Obama. I was getting (laughs) so pissed last night watching the RNC. Every time I got really pissed, I made a donation to the Democrats. And I finally had to hide my credit card because it was like my blood pressure was like that's so. My blood pressure was like three sixty over ten. Like it was was ridiculous.
8: Uh, It was was so bad. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Well, you don't have to say anything else, do you? No, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) He drove me nuts. It covers all stills of the... Because I
1: really, really want to be told, you know, who's capable of being president from a guy who married his first cousin for 17 years, likes to dress up in women's clothing, and divorce his wife at a press conference.
8: I think he- And didn't win his party's nomination, so...
1: Well, he was holding out for the Montana primary, and it just didn't work out for him, so... Whatever.
8: Uh, all right.
1: We should probably talk about Paradigm of Uncertainty tonight. Back to the thick? What? What? Paradigm <laughs> of Uncertainty? My we sake. should bring in like we should bring in like a guest mic or something, just like i yes. i can just have a piece. Be- Someone pretends to be- <laughs> mic. <laughs> we should bring PS and PS. We've heard you love this oh, mic. I hate it. Come- ooh, ooh! You know what it was? I wonder if it, it was the warm. cockroach. It was the cockroach. I wonder if <laughs> the, the cockroach. cockroach-
6: <laughs> the next crisis involved dire predictions that if the cockroach escaped before the exterminator got there, it could come back, hide somewhere he couldn't see it, and lie in wait for him.
8: I can just see Mike sitting at his desk and suddenly the the cockroach uh, comes comes out onto the desk and he like dives under the table and he's like swatting at it or not even swatting at it because he's so damn afraid of it.
4: Yeah, uh, he wouldn't swat so, at it. Well, he, 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 it. Only st-
1: he only stayed in the other room for 33 days the last time.
7: Uh, Zorb, these are, uh, this is Ryan of Potterfic Weekly. I know you're probably at least familiar with his name. Um, and then these are also, uh, part of Fick Weekly people, Sue and Aaron, uh, who are guests to, or who are hosting on this episode. And, Hello. well, you know me. So, um, yeah. I'm very concerned about-
1: there are people out there who know my name, but carry on. Sometimes you
9: want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. Troubles are all the same You wanna be where Everybody knows
7: your name Pretty much They're talking about the last Couple of chapters, um, pretty much From when Ron comes back and uh, I can I, I don't even know the real name of the story, I just want to call it Harry, what the f- That would what
0: the- not be the title
1: <laughs> Well, we appreciate you jumping in tonight, Sorb uh, What actually happened on our end <laughs> Mike has actually come back We're gonna put him back in the call Okay. Mike. Did the cockroach get you?
5: Uh, No. What actually happened? Uh, did we get a new person while I was gone? Like, we're- yeah, we, yeah, we we yeah. actually replaced you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're like, oh crap, Mike's dead. Um,
5: duh, oh, Mike, duh, Mike,
1: Mike's duh.
5: Dead. <laughs> all right, new hire. But yeah, um, so um, yeah, the back legs of my table. <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't I don't know what you heard. Everything on my table went sliding off, and it was our <laughs> because I'm holding, like, the edge of my end. I'm, like, gripping it, and I can feel it my, my computer's sliding down the table slowly. <laughs> I'm, like, watching it, and I can't lunge for it, so I lunge. The t- the, like, the whole table's going to fall, too. And, I, and then, my, and then I, my computer goes flying off the table. And... Oh. I took me, like, four tries to restart it because something's up with it now. But... <laughs> it's making, like, a <laughs> random clanging noise there. I don't know what you guys heard. It sounds like you got hit by a car.
8: It sounded like like you had, like, ripped off your headset and thrown it somewhere and, you know, it it was rustling and hitting things. And
5: And then you just replaced me, you know. Yeah, we replaced you.
1: We're glad you're back, Mike. Thank you. (laughs) we were very glad. I want to bring. Yeah, I brought the part about the, the ridiculous use of muggles and why it's like I can't. We're gonna be fine. I thought that was creative. All right, Sue. <laughs> were, were there any major points that, that you just had that you definitely wanted to bring up so we made sure we get everything in tonight?
4: Uh, I've got one, one. Okay. at least one yeah. more. It, it, I asked, I, it's the Ed joke. I just. I'm sorry, but it it has to be put in here.
1: The Ed joke. Okay, definitely go with the Et joke.
4: Wedding, the two month cruise. We pretty much hit that. Um, home for Christmas, and then we've got to do the whole gift from the Dursleys explosion.
1: That what happened to
4: the house.
1: I really thing. liked. I really liked the exploding because you know what the thing is? It's in every story. I love the moments where something is said, is something is written in a story, and it just stops everything. Like you're reading, and you actually go, <gasps> much like when Mike's table collapsed and he was nearly killed <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. I, I just love those moments where where the, where the world ends. And what disappoints me more than anything is when I think I found one of those moments. And in fact, it turns out not so much. It's like the Battlestar Galactica scene where he's like, cut the wire for no reason. There's no wire. But he just randomly yells, cut the wire. Um, like the the scene that disappointed me earlier in the story was when Harry for those few weeks had a personality crisis and was evil Harry when he was yeah. in the kitchen of the house. And Laura's like, hi, Harry, how are you? And he's like, go fuck yourself. And, and Laura's like, <gasps> I'm like, oh my God, he's going to go upstairs and murder Hermione. Oh my God. He's in to murder Hermione. Oh my God. He's gonna murder Hermione. And it turns out he was just cranky and nothing really. It, it, there was no sudden moment. And the, the part I loved about that scene was, you get this, you know, the the FedEx guy comes to the house, and he drops off this box from Petunia, and she's like, this was, you know, our grandmother's, and she gave it to Lily at her wedding, and I love you so much. Hugs and kisses, Petunia. And Harry comes home and sees it, and he's like, my grandmother died when my mother was 14. And there's like... Oh,
8: shit, that's not good.
1: And Harry's
5: like, get out of the house now!
8: The inevitable scene in the horror place is like, the, the call's coming from inside the house. That's what I like
1: though. I like those moments. I love the moments. You know what it was? There's been so many false starts in this story where I was waiting for a moment like that. Like, one of them was the scene with Laura in the kitchen where Harry's like, sawed off or something. It's just this very un moment. And the other scene is when the wedding coordinator shows up at the house and Harry's like, just a moment. I have buns in the oven. And he lets her in and he calls her and He's like, darling, you forgot to tell me the coordinator was coming. And I was waiting for the scene where she's like, Harry, I didn't hire a wedding (laughs) coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was waiting for like a scene like that. That would just absolutely crack me up and nothing happened. What I was actually expecting to happen was Harry's exact response was my mother's grandmother died when my mother was 14. And everyone's like, (gasps) And then Harry's like, get out of the house! I was waiting for everyone to run in the front lawn and, like, dive to the ground and put their hands over their heads. And then have absolutely nothing happen. And then Harry looks up and he's like, unless it was my father's grandmother. (laughs) Like, I was waiting for, like, a scene like that. Because I'm like, well, she might have two grandmothers, but that unfortunately did not happen and the house blew up. And thank God he was there. But I was I, I was glad there was a moment in there <laughs> where they actually had, like, that scream moment. Because I just think those are really fun, and I love moments like that. I'm not sure what I think about Harry putting the house back together again.
8: Yeah. The of the oh, was one of those crazy mage
1: things, you know. Well, too- so I rather thick. I rather thick ones where Hogwarts is destroyed like halfway through the fic. Like there was a Death Eater battle and the school was destroyed, and they go off on this like quest to find the wizard of what they- I don't even remember what they did. But at the end of the story, they come back to Hogwarts and apparently like Dumbledore just like repaired though the school and re- like he waved his wand and the school was back. And I'm like, oh, that was somewhat anticlimactic. So I'm not sure what I thought about the house being
5: reconstructed. But I read a fic once where they <laughs> turned the Hogwarts into this giant like magical atomic bomb and then evacuated all the students to the secret passageways except for Dumbledore who like stood there alone until Voldemort and the Death Eaters came to like take the school over and then he just exploded the whole uh, Hogwarts. They nuked Hogwarts? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, like, wait. It was like a trap, like, you know, like, like, like you know, because Voldemort was like, oh, he'll never destroy Hogwarts. And meanwhile, Dumbledore is sort of like wiring the whole place up with um, these explosive magical things and then evacuates the students' seat.
1: He actually wired the school?
5: Well, it was like magical ley lines or something like that, but I mean, that was basically what he was doing.
1: Did he have, like, the giant pump thing where he had to pump the thing for the bomb to blow up?
5: No, no, it was just like, it it was something like, um, well, Harry Potter is trapped in Hogwarts, and he'll never blow Hogwarts up as long as Harry Potter's there, but he sneaks Harry Potter out, and then, yeah. Oh,
1: they do have all of those tunnels. I have the new Harry Potter game on Wii, so I've actually explored all of Hogwarts, and it's an exhausting game, and... That's all I really have to say about. Uh, how is it on me? I, I have that for PS2. It's not as not as good, I would imagine. I got beat up by Crab and Goyle.
5: That's so sad. They don't even beat uh, anyone up in the books.
1: Well, it's like every time I try and like ex- I, every time I try and expel the arm of someone, it like fixes the broken statue next to them, and it's trying- <laughs> the only spell I got to work was when Guardian Leviosa and I hit Hermione over the head of the bench. I don't. I, I was, <laughs> don't was a little unexact. So Zorb. Yeah. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I'm all right. I, I uh, to be very honest, it has been a mm-hmm. long time since since I read this. So, okay. um, yeah. Playing a little bit of catch up
1: here. That's completely fine. One of us, you know, we've had tables collapsing all night. And it's one of those nights. Mm -hmm. So Ron comes back. We thought he was dead not so I, much.
0: Yeah, I got minor,
1: that. <laughs> minor, 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 minor teensy-weensy subplot where Harry and Hermione had sex on the spot where they thought Ron died. He didn't die. I, so oh, oh yeah, I
0: remember that stuff. <laughs>
1: you know what I loved about that? They threw that in there and I went off on it for like half an hour and I'm like, okay, I got that out of my system. And then there's the point where Harry and Hermione are recounting all of the times they had sex. And like, remember the time we had sex on the spot we thought Ron was yeah. going to die? And like, <laughs> yeah, that was a nice moment. I'm like, what the hell are you people talking about? I finally got over it (laughs) so i thought that that was that was very unfortunate and then they had sex with hogwarts after their wedding and then there was the whole thing where they had sex on the on the boat uh, you know and they're trying to watch the the the, like the stupid spies but they're having sex so they lose everybody then they have to go golfing and then there was a whole subplot i was just saying to these guys i'm planning a wedding so the entire wedding chapter just stressed the ever-living crap out of me Uh (laughs) 14 gray hairs from that um, there was the whole part where the house blew up and Hermione got like you know stabbed through the abdomen with a pointy spike, mm-hmm. and Harry and and Claire almost like wrestled in the emergency room over who got to see her first. I thought that was kind of creative. Sue, you had a couple moments you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah.
5: Well, well, well let's do that. But can I actually talk? Wow.
7: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think we I thought would, you were. I want to talk. Start. I because it, it actually is probably something we already talked about. I'm just so. going to tack it on, and it won't. will it'll okay. probably just. Be left out in the editing room but i was because you guys had talked about the length of the wedding chapter and i wanted to kind of comment on mm-hmm. if you go back and read that uh, the one author note left by Lori, it's uh and it's like enjoy i hope it's worth the wait like you have to realize that i mean the fact that these this this series was written over an extremely long period of time and yeah, yeah. the fact that at that point like so like chapters into themselves were like coming out like once every six months like the build-up to this was massive and i it was i think it was total fan service on Lori's part to like pretty much include everything under the sun and which is why it's the epically long chapter that it is
1: it's like yeah, it was like the original
7: fanfic are you know, always
0: ridiculously long for
7: that's true too pretty wedding, m- i mean tar- for a
0: lot of fics i mean it's it's really kind of the author's Because I'm going to be as completely self-indulgent as I want and make this the absolute perfect fairy tale whatever for for my, you know, characters Your favorite
7: characters, yeah. Yeah. Was this supposed to be
5: like a pervert fairy tale? A what? Well, I I, I missed something here. What's with pervert fairy
0: tale? Oh, no, I was just saying in in relation to super long wedding chapters in fan fiction in general. Yeah. Um... (laughs) It, it, and and you know how authors tend tend to to make them that way.
1: You've been talking about this thing for the last three fix too, so it's like we're finally right. we're, We might as well spend time with it and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the point where I was at. I think it was like I was trying for this episode. We were covering literally. I think it feels like half of the trilogy in just this episode. Like the, the chapter's got so much longer. than like okay, I have obviously I have so much story to cover in this one week to read it. And it's like for hours, because I listened to these in audio form, and for hours were on the wedding, and I'm like, oh my god, they get married! I get it. And it was like, that, that part <laughs> took so long. Um I was actually, actually, it sounds awful, but I was actually grateful to get away from Harry and Hermione. For, <laughs> so it's, it's like, okay, we're on honeymoon, see you later! And they, every, then the story stayed with the characters of Bailey Croft, who were at each other's throats, and I thought that was actually <laughs> a, a really creative way for it to go. And then, of course, Napoleon's house blows up, so he moves in, and I thought that was. There were a lot of creative points where the story kind of shifted around to, to, to showcase some of the other characters. And I think Laura and Ron had a really good arc. Laura thinks he's nuts for mm-hmm. the, the story because he's literally following Harry and Hermione around the house with a video camera, and then they have. <laughs> the, there's the whole He's scene. nuts. <laughs>
7: Stalker's well, gone? What? what?
1: You know what is weird? Every time I read a story like this, I try and picture what would happen if it was actually, like, filmed as a TV show, and all I can picture is, like, the actor who played Sori... Just for whatever reason, was never available, so they could never have him on the show. So it's like, oh damn it! Sorry, he can't come. Again. And then, like you know, like the actor died or something. So you always have him like in the other room or on the phone. And I'm just like, oh my god, what, what the hell is up with sorry? And then you have the whole subplot where Ron gets the fact that she's being badly treated, and every time he brings it up, she knows he's right, so she resents him for it. And then, of course, they get together, and they, there's a whole subplot. And, I just, the thing I really like about the story itself is they feel like real people because real people have the same circumstances happen to them over and over and over and over and over over again. And, you know, you'll come down to dinner every single, I'm sorry, you'll come down to breakfast every single morning together. So the way Laurie writes it is that every morning they come down and they have breakfast. You have this obligatory breakfast scene every chapter like mm-hmm. every few paragraph and that makes sense so to me it actually reinforces the fact that these are real people who live together and have mortgages or apparently the way the story works they have you know half of a mortgage payment because Harry owns half the house outright i get it and- i got to give you
8: this <laughs> on that one so it seems like early on you you fig- you figured it out there was something not quite right there
7: the, the, there was- the
1: house has 27 yeah. different floors how are these people owning it oh no it? Like
7: you in, got to started in, again the, oh you know, this is ridiculous <laughs> well, well, they, like a-
0: but she, she goes that she explains that right then you know it, it's something about like nobody wanted this house because they all thought it was haunted or something oh, like that and Harry yeah. was,
1: that was the cover story right Harry like paid like 50% of the cost and then they mortgaged yeah. the rest of it or whatever well that was the thing because in, begin- in the beginning because in the beginning The story I was saying, I just, I was half-living in New York City for a year.
8: He in got hung up little bit, a little apartment.
1: It was this tiny little apartment that cost two grand a month. And then when this story starts, they're like, why don't we go to the West Wing today? And they're like, oh, the West Wing, that is so last week. Let's go to the East Wing. And they cut the ribbon and they go into the East Wing. And it's like, <laughs> how do these people own this house? Like, this house is norm And they're like, let's go to the back forty." these. So they go and they're playing nine holes of golf on their property. I'm like, this house is huge. And all I can picture is the Minister of Magic is living in this tiny little shack with chickens and they're like literally back <laughs> for and i'm like yeah. and i actually it was enjoyable to read because it seemed like laurie when she would reference the house i think she tried like i have no proof of this but it seemed like she was actually going out of her way to make the house grander like in every scene <laughs> it's like ron you can have the entire west wing to yourself <laughs> and it's like he's wandering or like it's like he's by himself huh? or like 10 years has no people and now it's like those Star Trek episodes where you know the kid's parents dies and he has no one in the world so they leave him alone in this room for the whole episode it's like Ron's wandering around the house like he's got the little map trying to find the kitchen it was just I love the fact that the house was so freaking huge (laughs) I don't know that just the the house itself cracked me up and I remember Aaron said something happens with the house later I'm like alright so I'm picturing like the house is alive <laughs> or something or, or the- well yeah but it's the- an evil it house was, like, yeah possesses people yeah. No, all right wrong the funny thing hey. the funny
0: story takes what? an entirely different turn
1: <laughs> exactly the house the house tries <laughs> to kill them all Seriously. and like the gazebo is jumping up and down on them and there was right. this awful awful moment but yeah I thought the house is just really creative and um uh, I'm trying to – well, the funny thing was I have to admit to the first time I read the scene with the, with the FedEx guy in and, and, and the, and the, and the bomb, I, I misread the scene. I read it a little bit too fast, and I actually thought the Petunia mailed Harry a bomb.
9: And I'm like, <laughs> that is just
1: awful. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to blow his nose up. Like, that is just so unreal. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that would actually be kind of funny. I've never read a fic like that before. But as it turns out it was Harry's um, – morbid incestuous son julian who did it and the other thing i want to ask too now the, the story makes a point of saying that you, there's these talismans like i forget what it's called like a birth talisman or whatever and it records your birth and everything that happens in your life yeah. if someone requested hermione's would it say that she's the chancellor
9: mm-hmm.
4: but can somebody else request it or can only the
1: person whose it is request it I don't know, because Harry gets his own, and that's how he finds out that he's a father.
8: I, I, I can only imagine that he can you can only request your own. The, yeah, yeah, it seems seem like... Something like
1: a, that, let's talk about that for a second. So at the end of the story, we discover that Hermione has actually been the chancellor this whole time.
8: Uh, she, is, she hasn't been the chancellor the whole time. I, I think she became chancellor... Um, actually right before they
1: got engaged? It was around the time Harry disappeared.
8: Yeah, it was it was before Harry disappeared, and it was before they got engaged. Um, okay. It was well, sometime day. sometime during the period after the climax of Paradigm of Uncertainty and the 150th anniversary celebration. <laughs> awesome. The hundred
1: the hundred and fifty. Now that was around the time that Harry was raised by the elves, right? Mm, that's so right. he was yeah. very so, pale because it was winter.
8: Keep uh, uh, in mind, it happened sometime during that period, and she was approached by her old boss or something at the uh, at the uh, charms or something. It was. Or an old professor? Who was it exactly? It was
1: someone she it, it was the professor from Stonehenge That's or something it. like.
5: that. Yeah, that was it. Thing I don't like the fact that it's kept secret. I don't think I approve of that.
7: Well, the whole wait, point wait, wait. The wait. Is okay, I, I just, I'm he just curious though. I, it's i I'm just curious. So, like, this is little talisman that records every bit of information about anybody, I mean, a person ever. I mean, you want that available to public knowledge? I'm just They're curious. Not-
5: you don't, Not I just, has when I see everyone, I mean like everyone who's her friend. I don't mean like you know like <laughs> like Joe Schmo Wizard on the street per se. You,
8: you don't want but. Allegra to be able to call the te- naming talisman of somebody. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, plus the right. thing, I actually enjoyed the fact that there were rules about you can't tell anyone this because Harry is supposed to be this super secret spy. It's like he's on like a cruise ship and like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a secret agent. And you, it's like, everyone say- is
5: fit. No, they say they're in the oh, But don't they say later, but, he doesn't have to keep it secret, it's optional?
1: Yeah, but no one yeah, gets me true. in the story. Here's the thing. Like, okay. Like, anyone here watch Get Smart like the old show from the 60s?
7: Occasionally, okay.
1: There was a plot line where um, the chief, if anyone asked him what he was, they said like his name was Harold and he was a greeting card salesman or something. Harry doesn't have an alternate identity. It's not like he's a stockbroker and he puts on his stockbroker suit jacket in the morning and gets his stockbroker briefcase and goes off. It's hard for
0: Harry Potter to do that. I mean, he was famous before any of that happened to him, you know, so it's not like he can have a different identity. I mean, back way, you know, way, way back in the beginning, whatever, he was just kind of like faking that he, you know, just kind of lived off his money. So I, I, there wouldn't really be a way for him to, you know, fake a total different persona.
1: I've just got to think that because th- I was thinking about this today. I parked really far away from my office building at work. Like I was in like the next town over. So I'm walking to the building and it's like 85 degrees outside and I have my iPod in. <laughs> this is what I was thinking about as I was walking. Like, okay. In the beginning, Harry's like, you know, Hermione, Harry's best friend. You know, is like, she doesn't know what he does for a living, but like, he'll go off to work and he'll be gone for two weeks and he'll come back with like bites on his neck and he'll go off to like, and like, you would think it's more suspicious if you don't know what he does. You would think if you're a secret agent and you're a very famous person, you would have some type of, even if it's, I work at the ministry and I work in like the light bulb department or something, you know, I've had. I've done the exciting thing, now I just want... Like, like even Tony Soprano was in waste management. Like, you think there'd be some type
5: of coverage You've for... You've just been watching film. too but much Scarecrow, they,
4: Mrs. They, King, Brian.
5: Am I misrepresenting, or don't they tell him you don't have to keep... Like, they're not... Like, you're not supposed to keep it secret unless you want to. And it's uh, Harry's own no, choice voluntary. not to tell anyone. No, it's a secret, secret. It's a secret, secret. No, I, I'm pretty right. sure they say that he can tell people if he wants to.
0: Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's, he's right. right. Yeah, I think he can tell people. I mean, he... not. All of it, but
5: he can... But they tell him, like, it's an oh, okay.
0: Yeah. But I, th- I think it's more it like, who would ever believe that Harry Potter is just some, you know, minor ministry functionary? Who would believe that Harry Potter has this ordinary job? And who wouldn't, if they found, if, like, his cover story was that, oh, like, I'm a shopkeeper or whatever, <laughs> that who would, I mean, there would be people looking for him there all the time, you know, as That's a, true.
1: you think it'd be funny if was Harry, Harry Potter do? do. Sure. I don't want to talk about it. what do you do for a living, Harry. I don't want to talk about, it. well, the scene I thought was really hilarious from the last one was when Harry walks into the, uh, it's, I think it's Hermione's class and she's in training and he's like, hi, I'm Harry Potter. And I was waiting for the line where he's like, look, I'm a secret agent. I know this is shocking. Please try and contain <laughs> yourself because no one knows he's supposed to be a secret agent. I just thought that was I, that whole part. I just thought was kind of, Kind of funny, but let me ask you one thing, because I literally finished the story, then we sat down to podcast tonight. All right, now, Hermione is the Chancellor. Now, Laurie put in, real, like, very early on in the story, the whole subplot about the Chancellor, and how no one knows who the Chancellor is. I can only assume she knew from the beginning that Hermione would be the Chancellor. The only scene I seem to remember that kind of serves as foreshadowing... It was it was during the um, the 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 mortgage scene when Hermione tries to refinance the house and realizes that Harry owns like eight mm-hmm. percent of it, and he charges in and they have this screaming match where where he accuses her of having the affair and she accuses him of wanting to sleep with Legar I think and this is right around the time the whole thing with John and Elizabeth Edwards came
8: out so it's like
1: ooh this is timely and they had this whole screaming which was written five
8: years ago but uh, no no you're right very timely.
1: Well, it was well. I I read it a few days ago, and I thought it was, ri- <laughs> and, and then they, they they do the same. And he's like, Why "Can you. I find?" Get
8: over yourself. He's like, wh-
1: "Exactly." And he's like, "Why can't I find your bubble once a day, like you know, for twenty minutes?" And she's like, "I'm in a staff meeting, you jackass." And they're going back and forth with each other. And I'm thinking later on, I'm like, "Mo ha ha." That's when she has her chancellor hat on. But I really didn't pick up any other foreshadowing that she was either keeping a secret or. I I guess my question is, number one, do you guys know if that was planned from the beginning, and number two, was there foreshadowing that I missed, or was it something that kind of wasn't led up to at all? I'm I'm curious what you guys think about that.
0: I have no idea if it was planned. I would have that that at least in the first, most of, I, I would imagine that she wrote most of Paradigm not with that in mind. It may have come up as a thought afterwards, or like partway through it, but um since i mean since it technically doesn't start until after you know the end of that plot um, yeah. I would imagine when she was generating the next one was when it when it actually came to mind, so that whatever you know building blocks necessary could be put there. But I, I really have no idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the part that got me was we have so many scenes from Hermione's perspective. You would think she would think to herself in her mind, "Oh, by the way, I'm the leader of the world," <laughs> like, and that doesn't really come up in her own. Yeah, that was the part that got to me. Is we have so much from her perspective, and we just don't. Well, about that. It,
8: that we- she does um she does when she does make the reveal that she is the chancellor, she says that she kinda of compartmentalizes it, which totally explains what you just what you just mentioned, how we have all this POV from Hermione and she never says anything. Um but um what I what I was gonna say is I think there's one other moment of foreshadowing and it's not very far before, but uh there's a moment where they're talking about the Chancellor and Hermione says something and it's and um I'm trying to I'm trying to find it right now. Um it's not it's not very far before um, she reveals herself as a chancellor, but it's, it's the only time it, it's like, it's like, why is she saying anything at all here? Uh, they're talking about, um, they're talking about the chancellor and it's, it's almost like, why is, why is her saying this instead of someone else? It's it's, it's almost um, pointed to how she says.
1: Uh, it's like really screaming at the reader. Hey, something's wrong here. Pay attention to this.
8: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's screaming so much as it's kind of whispering in your ears. Like, huh? Was she saying something here? And and I I think uh, it might even just be that I'm noticing it in hindsight that it's uh, that she's saying that. Um, I'm trying to let me see if I can find it. I uh, don't know
4: that I saw anything, but I knew it was her before they said it.
1: No, correct me if I'm wrong. The scene where you find out is Julian comes to the to the um, enforcer staff meeting and lays out his demands for the hostages, and then. Hermione walks into her office with Sirius. Was that the moment of the reveal?
9: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was. It was very. It wasn't like it a dum dum dum. Ron's alive. Reveal. It was a, in the middle of a conversation. Well, since I'm the chancellor, I should probably give myself up. And you're like, <gasps> what's the line?
8: Here's here's the here's the line I was talking about. It's right after they 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 figured out that that um, the master is collecting a set of wizards. And, um, they're talking about, oh, it's the chancellor that they need to complete the the set. And, um, Hermione stepped forward looking concerned. Has the chancellor's identity been breached? Does the master actually know who he is? And it's just a, um, and it's why is Hermione saying that? It's, it's Sirius talking. It's, it's Ron talking. It's, it's Allegra. This is right after Allegra, um, um, got beat up and got spirited, uh, and came to the good guys for a little bit. Um Mm -hmm. So, it's the only line Hermione says in the entire thing, and it's her asking, has it, well, when you know that it's her, is, has my identity been breached? And she's asking Allegra this.
1: I guess my thing with it is, it's like the sixth sense. When you find out the big reveal, I see dead people. You want to be able to look back and hit yourself for missing this moment, and this moment, and this moment, and this
8: moment. You don't have to worry about going back in Sixth Sense, Ryan. He does it. He does it right away. He just he hits you with all the scenes where it's it's him. It's- <sighs> that is true.
1: Like I almost wish there was like there was a little bit more because I have to believe that she had planned some of this because she does. She makes Sirius the Deputy Chancellor, and she'd like, and there's the whole scene where Hermione has this... I forget if it's Hermione or Harry who wants to do it. They leave a space for the Chancellor at the wedding. And all I can picture is as someone who's planning a wedding, if I had to pay 300 bucks a head, <laughs> and I know this person's not going to call, I'd be like, damn it. But, like, like they, oh. that's laid out throughout the story pretty well. Um, the one thing I do think it does, it doesn't explicitly state, to the best of my knowledge, but it's if you if you think about it, it's kind of cool. One of the things that the characters do in the story is that they project themselves onto other characters. So, you know, you have the moments where where Laura is projecting anger onto Ron because she's really pissed at Sori. And I think it's a great moment where you have um, Hermione, who is just so pissed at Harry because he's lying about the interest rates and he's lying about the fact that he owns the house. And he's lying about what he does for a job. And, you know, go down the list. He's the one keeping things from her, keeping things from her, keeping things from her. And she's very pissed at him over that. She's just incredibly pissed at him. Meanwhile, she's the one not telling him that she's the leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes. Well, I think so, okay,
7: a little bit to Hermione's defense here. I mean, there's a huge difference between a person paying a, per, uh, a mortgage of a house and compromising your identity as the person who is the leader of the magical world and could easily bring about the end of the magical world if people found out your identity. So but I mean, I on th-
0: principle, too. on principle, it's the same. You know, lying to your spouse or significant other kind of thing. I mean I, I there's certainly a, a very much a difference in scale and I'm sure that's that's how you know Hermione would justify it to herself but um yeah if you you're talking just on principle of grand notions of what well, we should always be open with each other blah 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 whatever then she definitely uh, violated that
1: Yeah and she's like whatever really reason. really really pissed at them over <laughs> like I like I was like literally waiting for the scene where you know where she marches into? The, I call it the desk room because everyone seems to have their own large desk in this room. And she marches in. She's screaming at them over the mortgage. I was waiting for the moment where she'd like walk over and whack him across the face with a stapler or something. She's just enormously pissed at them. And then later on in the story, you're like, oh, you're the chancellor, huh? <laughs> and you're, you almost like wish there was like a line where she was like, maybe I was really angry at myself. <laughs> <laughs> or you know maybe I was projecting or whatever because when you look back at it you're like okay something else is going on there there was a different layer but I like the point where I think this is what I think pretty much every character in this story to, to some degree plays around with this thought process it's you know Remus when he finds out that his girlfriend and you know fiance and you know future wife is potentially lying to him and she's this very deeply undercover secret agent and he's forced to now question is our relationship a lie is our relationship a front how much of this is real you know what what were you doing cuz you had to for your work and what were you doing cuz you cared for me and then you have you know Ron looking at Hermione and Harry saying how much of what you have together is real how much of it are you hiding from me how much of the friendship that we used to have is real and how much of it are you pretending is still there, even though it's gone and you have Hermione and Harry, you know, do the same thing. And then you have later on, where you have Hermione now looking back and he's saying, you know, how much of what we have is real and how much of it, you know, wasn't real and how much of it was you fit. And, It's like all the characters are continuously hitting the same point over and over and over again. So I thought that was a really good theme to run through it because I think that's really important. How much of us, how much of we are ourselves and how much of what we do is based on other reasons and stuff. So I thought that was a really cool point to pull through the story.
0: Yeah, and it does go back to your point about, about, you know, realism and why the story works so well is because these aren't perfect characters and because they, you know, they do hypocritical things and they make mistakes like this and that makes them a lot more believable. And makes you want to stick through a long story about them.
8: Well, yeah, I
1: think the point where Napoleon starts having sex with a leg, right? you're like, okay, he's on a downward spiral.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: And this is not going to bode well for his long-term success with women. <laughs> so, like, oh. And that was, now guys here, we, we have a good guy contingent tonight, and hopefully Mike hasn't fallen off his table again. Let me ask you this. Now... Harry frequently makes the reference to the fact that you know I'm a man and I have Y chromosomes and I must have sex with hot women and I'm <laughs> tempted okay, I understand the fact that you may be slightly turned on by allegra, but wouldn't the fact that you're you no know, like that she's like a really bad serial killer, terrorist gangster tried to kill my wife fourteen times wouldn't that on some level affect. You know your 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 sexual attraction to her
8: on some level. Is it just me? You know, it's oh. possible that Harry has a, a thing for the bad girls. You know that uh, maybe that turns them on even more. Which would well, be bad.
1: Bad girl, like biker in- chicks, in- or you know. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, in Allegra's case, it's more a, you know a serial you know murderer slash dark wizard. So you know, but you know maybe maybe he's got a weird fetish. You know, he's he's, he's out there. He's been he's been fighting evil his whole life. Maybe you know the. Allegra just does something for him that he can't help, but uh, he does well, isn't somehow. What they
5: say that what how you are in your everyday life is supposed to be the opposite of how you are when it comes to sexual attraction. So if you hate evil in your everyday life, maybe you're attracted to it in your subconscious. Uh, okay.
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a spot.
8: At the risk of, <laughs> the risk of uh, being uh, branching off into too many other fandoms, you know, in Buffy, she has I think three boyfriends over the course of the series and two more vampires, and she's a vampire slayer. Like, I mean, that's a, the epitome of, of uh, being attracted to the opposite of what you...
1: I know, but where else is she going to meet guys, though? I mean, you're around vampires all the time.
8: I, you know? I guess. I
1: think it's something
0: of a narrative device, too. I mean, it's more interesting in a fictional way if oh, no, this person who is all fighting for good is has to, you know, face this yeah. attraction to evil, blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, I wonder how much of that, too, is just Lori, where she was like, you know, men, why chromosomes? They must have sex with everything that walks. I'm like... I know, but she, like, stabbed fake Hermione. And <laughs> it just, ugh. Kind of, yeah. Like, you thought on some level that would
8: have been... Oh, speaking just, of, of like stabbing like fake, fake Hermione, how awesome was it that when the Ballycroft the, uh, the, um, exploded that Hermione gets impaled and Harry has to watch that? Like, that, that must have been so, um... It's like, not again. Well, the so, one
1: thing that got uh, dropped
8: is, jar- um... Oh,
1: I can't think of her name. Who was the, um, Jesus at the Starbucks? What was her name? I can't think of it. Theo?
9: Theo. The
1: the Guardian. Where I I know there was that plot device where Theo said that Hermione will have a shortened lifespan. And she even says, I'm not going to do it. I'll let her think I'm going to do it. And maybe I'll one day tell her. But to the best of my knowledge, Harry and Hermione never find out that that's not going to happen. So I was actually waiting for some type of reference to that. Like, is this when she's going to be taken from me early when she got impaled by the... I don't know what it was. It was like a... It was from was the portraying.
8: It was the portraying or something. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what sharp. Some of some the the on? elegant wrought iron that was, you know, part of the the elaborate veranda, uh, for, forward veranda. Um,
1: oh, you know what happened? to hit the forward veranda. If it was the back veranda, she might have been okay. <laughs>
8: She'd been fine. Well, the back no. veranda just has you know like columns and stuff made out of you know marble, so that wouldn't have been as bad. But uh, are
7: you sure it wasn't the Eastern Winter Garden? No.
1: That no was no, I, was, that would have been okay because all up. the trees, all the trees were moved west because of the, because of the because of the party. So they would have moved all the trees out. there.:
8: would have Oh, yes, that's right. That's right.
1: That would have been that mm. would have been fine. That would have been okay. Well, the, the part I love too is where um, Ron is laying in his room and he know this is there's someone looking in his window, which is odd because he's on the forty seventh floor. So he runs for help. And Harry, like, jumps out the window, which is something that Hermione hasn't done in two books. So that was a nice little reference. So Harry jumps out the window, and Hermione's like, I'll take the outside of the house. You take the inside. And all I can picture is Hermione needs, like, slave labor to help her cover the inside of this house. Because she's like, I'll search the inside of the house four days later. Six she's days like, yeah, <laughs> She's, like, running down the like, hallway number 17. Like, yes, oh, God, the James. house is
8: too big. If she, if she walks, then um, the, the, the story would be over, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Do like well, you need, like, a like the security camera room, or you can just search the entire house? And I thought that would have been creative, but
7: no. Well, you don't know. really need that sort of stuff when you have magic, I'd think.
1: Well, they I don't just really to have magic much in this story. Now, one thing I did like, which I actually just, I can't believe I haven't brought it up yet, I really like the point where one thing I like about a story is if something is hidden in plain sight. You know, okay, the, the death of Ron I saw coming, but it never occurred to me, with if Master did that again, or Seth did that again. So I like that plot point where, what if other people were taken? It's like one of those Star Trek things now, where is everyone a changeling or something? I don't know what the hell it is. But, I, I did like that point where now we're like, okay, and they, it's written very well how they check, you know, all the gravestones against all the talismans versus, you know, all of the death records, and and they figure out like 285 people are missing. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, and Ron is too, okay, what's the correlation between them all, and, you know, are they orers or all they or, you know, are, like, what does he want with these particular people? And it's he's trying to collect all human knowledge. Which
8: Not all human knowledge, well, all wizarding knowledge.
1: All, I'm sorry, all wizarding knowledge, and you're trying to get a little bit of everything. And I guess one thing which would have been interesting to me is if like one of the people like I know we had Ron obviously who came back. It would have been interesting, if at all possible, if it had been like one if it had been directly referenced, and I don't think it was, correct me if I'm wrong. If like at least one of the people had been someone either from the story or from the canon.
8: Mm-hmm. We could have been like Hit oh, another desk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, like if, I really
1: been one been one of them or something. Like Dumbledore, yeah, like because we don't know how, or Hagrid.
8: I mean, I don't know how the hell you replace Hagrid, but um, what or what knowledge? I guess Hagrid. he would have uh, good care of magical creatures knowledge.
1: Wouldn't that be great if he took Hagrid? Like, I need all wizarding <laughs> yeah. knowledge. I have Hagrid, most valuable
0: um, person in the world.
1: <laughs> good. Okay, I know what to. Do. I know now how to not keep a secret. Thank you, Hagrid. Thanks, Hagrid. <laughs> or you know, like like. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he could... Yeah, Hagrid Dumbledore. Hagrid Dumbledore. Hagrid
8: Dumbledore. But, um...
1: Yeah,
0: well, well, I think she I really does like part, definitely in the universe is really, like, expand the wizarding world, you know? So I, I guess it kind of makes sense that it was, there wasn't, you know, a ton of other people that we knew in that situation. Um, With her view of it, there being, you know, a lot more wizards out there than we ever hear of.
1: Yeah, That's I like true. that with the particular stories, too. It's like the wizarding world either has 60 people in it or it has, like, 600,000 people or 6 million. It depends on the... On the author, I really like the part where the first thing he said was "check out my parents' graves to make sure." Yeah, my that's parents the, weren't the ones. That, that was you know, ironically thing. enough,
7: like when I read the whole Ron thing, and like, th- when the characters just had barely thought of like, could there have been others? Like James and Lee just like popped into my head. as like I like gasped and we're like,
8: <gasps> James well, I think, think if you're Harry, talk. those are also again the first two you think oh. of. You're like, uh, my parents, perhaps. Yeah,
7: i got a question do you, well I, i'm kind of curious yeah. what do you guys think if she had it probably would have ruined the story but i wonder how the story would have gone if james and lee really weren't dead Ooh, like, the, they were, well, like they were well yeah, the
1: yeah you'd have to do it right that would be a huge
8: part well it would have upped the ante so much for the the exchange and uh for um for everything involving the hostages, if there had been somebody big that they had, like, if Dumbledore had been one of them, or if it had been, like, um, I don't know, somebody else who died, like, if, um, I don't know who else you can even think of. Um, it would
1: have to be Dumbledore, James, or Lily. It would have to be one yeah. of them. I think the way, you know what, it has to be handled very well. And I think the, the part where, the part where Harry comes home and says, you know, my grandmother, you know, my great-grandmother died when My mother was 14. Get out of the house now. And they run and the house blows up. You need to stop the reader dead in their tracks. And I think that if you had had the moment where you found out maybe they're taking people and he says, check my parents' graves. Now you're thinking, okay, what if James and Lily are taken? You couldn't really have done it that way because then when you go to the grave, you're like, dum, 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 you know, unable to identify remains. Then, by then, you know, the the moment has been sucked out of the story. You would have had to have almost shown it differently. Yeah. Like, you would have had to have something where you have a list of names and all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, Lily Potter is on this list. You would have had to have a moment like that where it would have had to literally shock. You know what you would have had to do? You would have almost had to have, like, Harry find the hostages and go through them and all of a sudden, like, come face to face with his dad.
8: Well, no, I, I think what would have been good is again, this has uh, got to be a hypothetical because it was written before this. But if it had been written, say, post book five, Sirius would have been an excellent candidate for the person. Yeah. that uh, – uh, Imagine if if Sirius is the one on the list that they're, they're like Sirius Black, and that you know is still alive, and you know how much how much uh, more would Harry have been working to? I mean, they granted they do they did put a lot of emphasis on it and there's 286 people don't you know but i think i think you're right i think the presence of one name on that list that they had known would have put a whole nother uh a whole nother tier of importance on it um yeah you almost a, you needed draw you needed that.
7: yeah i was gonna say because that's one of the things that i mean was it in, like it was kind of a huge plot within this story but like at times, I mean, of this, of course, is also to come from the fact that there is, for me personally, when I read this story originally, there was such a huge gap between each store of each chapter. So I probably just lost interest in the actual plot line. Uh, but it just, you're right. It didn't really have that kick. Cause like when they were searching for Ron, it was like, Oh, gotta find Ron. Oh, I can't wait till they find Ron. It's gonna be awesome. And it's like, Oh, I'll be great. And then, then they have this other plot line that kind of attaches onto that. It really just sort of, I don't know. It just kind of fell flat. Plot line with Ron, and then all of a sudden you have nothing. I mean, well, you what's know, s- the
1: moment you have?
7: You have that moment where Hermione's
1: like, "Oh my God, Ron's alive!" Dot dot dot.
8: In a way, Ron is the big name on the list that they were able to find. I think that they, they did have the name on the list, but uh, it, the way they kind of they kind of did it backwards. Like they should have. Yeah, like, they They had figured out that there it was kind of they found the big name on the list, and that's how they found the rest of the list, as opposed to finding the list and then finding the big name on it. Uh, that kind of work. Yeah,
1: it's, if they did the thing where they found fake Harry when fake Harry was sent when he was missing, and they're like, "Well, what if someone did this before and they find the list?" You know what? That would have been a great way to do it. Um, because that was yeah. my complaint at the time. It seems like at the end of the second story, it was you know da 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 da, and then all of a sudden Harry's like, "Hey Hermione, I know I didn't get you a wedding gift. Do you want to go look at Ron's dead body?" Oh, okay, thanks. It it came out of absolutely freaking nowhere. Why he gave her the pensive? So, I think that would have been a great moment if they're like, oh my, you know, what if people are missing? And they're like, oh my god, what if it's Ron? And they go and check, and they're like, oh my god, that mark wasn't on, you know, the corpse that we found. It wasn't him. And, and that was the reveal. Like, something like that would have been really good. But you know what is? You have to play those moments so carefully because it's so easy to jump the shark with a story. And, you know, for example, to have Hermione be the Chancellor, to me, fell very flat because... I didn't think there was enough foreshadowing and it didn't, it almost seemed like aside from a couple moments, Lori decided when she started that chapter, okay, who are we going to make the chancel? let's do Hermione. It didn't seem from a literary standpoint that it was set up. Well, because then you're looking back and you're like, okay, she was really pissed at Harry because he wasn't, he was keeping secrets. Okay. Maybe I can rationalize that she was pissed at herself. And you kind of have to make it work in your head. I think the, the Ron thing worked exceptionally well. And I think it would have worked even I think it would work very well if you found the Dumbledore or James or Lily or someone important were also on the list. Or like maybe one of the Weasleys who maybe died or something if, uh. if he did something like that. I don't know.
8: It's missed opportunity, I think, in, in the long run. But uh, still, I, I think that I I really loved the kind of the, the pacing of the reveal that it takes it takes them a little while to figure it out that, that you know, it takes two incidents for them to, to really really start to think, well, if they did this with Harry, fake body, it with Ron, fake body, what if there was... Then they're like, wait a second, there's a pattern there all of a sudden. And then you can... And I I like how it kind of took them some time to figure it out. Because, I mean, for the time that the hairy fake body comes out, which is, I think, um, in December or January, then there's, like, another like a whole bunch more time before they find out about ron like it takes like a year from the time that harry's fake body to when they actually start discovering the other stuff it takes forever um and i and i yeah and i did miss that too and that never even occurred to me correct me if i'm
1: wrong though from a story perspective when they sent the fake harry body and obviously it was discovered that the fake harry body was a fake harry body they would have kept harry if it had fooled them correct I can't recall.
8: I think um, the Guardian explains it that when they figured out that it was a fake Harry body that Seth decided to release Harry because he couldn't keep him and cover up his whatever involvement or whatever. So then he released him to the wrong point in time or something. I don't know exactly what was going on there.
1: Yeah, or he you, or you did it on purpose or something.
8: He did it on you purpose to sow more yeah. chaos or whatever. Just kind of on a tangent here, I really enjoyed the, the aspect of the Eternals where there's the... It's not really the dark and light Eternals, but it's like the chaos and the order. Like, it's not really evil or good. It's kind of... Um, it, it, it's kind of more gray than that. But even so, you know, you do you do, you do know sympathize with the Guardian and hate Seth for being a bastard, mm-hmm. but... I was almost wondering, like, if Theo should have come up more at the end of the story, because I felt like it was there were there were points in the in the pacing of the story. A good point for that would have been when Harry confronts Seth during chapter thirteen. Well, during the summary of the remainder of what was supposed to happen, if there had been like Theo, like, turns up there and like she and um, Seth have a go at it or something. Like that would have been a good time for her to come back in the story again. Um,
1: well, it feels necessary from a
8: plot perspective
1: because when you read, yeah. like it almost feels like you know when you have like a TV show and after the first season they say, okay, the show is not working. Get rid of this character. Get, you know, have the person work here instead of there, and they kind of re- retool the show. It's like they couldn't get the actor who played sorry to come back because Sorry drops off the face of the planet, and it's like they got the special guest star gig for the for the wedding episode. It almost feels like a TV show, and they move away from you know the entire perspective with the changeover, and they move away from you know all the. These different characters and they, and they shift everything over, so it's to the point where you're like, "Well, Theo would kind of be really helpful here, don't you think?" And it's like when Hermione's dying, you could have had the moment where Harry goes to Theo to save Hermione's life, and, and bookend it with you know Hermione going to Theo to save Harry's life. There are all these things, but it almost felt like they were written off. And there was no plot perspective for that, so I, I kept waiting for someone to say, "Well, why don't we try and find the Guardian or something?" Like we were saying before, the story wasn't segmented, so it wasn't like here's chapter one, here's chapter two, here's chapter three. There are many points where the story feels like it's one forty-five chapter story, so it was like weird why you couldn't go back and t- you couldn't go back and talk to some of these characters. That felt a little awkward to me, at least a little bit. Yeah,
5: I'm and an awkward off- discussion of- you're having. I going to say you, you, Mike's like, look, it's
1: like a tennis game on my on my Wii sport, which Robert is standing on naked. So, <laughs>
0: <that was> a, <laughs> as you do,
1: For, yeah, as I was yeah, say, of course, blue. Yeah, Robert, um, when he when he plays with his Wii, he's always naked. He makes a point of it. It's a little, <laughs> it's like his little, it's like his little spellcast uniform. Well, he podcasts naked all the time, so. I never podcast yeah. naked. The
0: things you learn.
1: It's like the podcast we had where one of our hosts was in the bathroom for half the podcast. I'm like, are you kidding me? I won't tell you which
8: one. Was it Jen? I think it's
5: kind of odd. <laughs> you now you're going to Skype me who that was, Ryan.
1: <laughs> oh, you can guess who it was. You can I guess can
5: guess, was. but I don't know if I'm right. Well, that's
1: you're right. Point too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. <laughs> Sue's right. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're getting close to the end here. Sue, do you have any points? Because you took diligent notes during the I tomorrow, took
4: diligent email. notes. I, I I'm going, going back to guys. the wedding. Okay. I loved this scene with Harry in the kitchen just before the wedding. And it was serious. And I'm going to read it. Okay. What if I'm a terrible husband? Harry finally said, he, his steps never slowing. Oh, God. Won't be. What if I die young? Try not to. What if someone evil tries to kidnap her? Never underestimate the ther- therapeutic value of a good ass kicking. What if I go broke? You'll make a charming panhandler. What if we fight all the time? Invest in earplugs. What if our kids turn out to be horrible monsters? Two words, boarding school. What if she falls in love with someone else? You're a wizard. Turn him into a tree frog. What if she gets sick of me? Start working double shifts. What if I never amount to anything? Too late. What if I... Sirius cuts him off. Harry, try and relax. But Sirius... Harry stopped his pacing and blinked at his godfather. Sirius waited. What if I come down with erectile dysfunction? kill yourself. <laughs> I just, you know, EFW brought this up so long ago and it just, it made me I laugh did. when I listened to it. I,
8: Sue, I, I, I had the exact same thought when I read that. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You
1: know, it's like, you you can do so much with your life and the things you get remembered for. We can, you know, all of the things we've done on this podcast, we founded Harry Potter the dysfunction. I don't know. <laughs> um, Can I blame that? So- on Jen was that me or was that Jen? Can I blame I'm you? pretty was sure Phil? that was is Phil. 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 No, Phil. It was uh, Phil. No, Phil. No, I. Br- no, I'm sorry. I, I brought got- up Ed, and Phil brought up Patricus Totalis.
8: Totalis. Patricus Totalis. <laughs> uh, Mike got dropped from the chat. By the way, did he fall down again?
1: I just bought the Harry Potter, um, whether the Phoenix" game for Wii, and when the game starts, I have no earthly idea what to do with my wand. Which, in and of itself, is a great line. I should put that in. A <laughs> bit of a That's and what she's. That's
0: an outtake.
1: <laughs> the outtakes we have are just incredible.
8: Last outtakes for the entire one, show. Sometimes, yeah. You <laughs>
1: know, in the last episode, I actually got Jen to scream, impregnate me at the top of her lungs. I'm like, "Oh, you fool! Why <laughs> did you just say that?" Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's five months pregnant, so it would be kind of hard. It's so too I don't know late. What to do. The entire early part of the Order of the Phoenix game, it's basically Sirius teaching you common spells. And I can't help but think they should have put just like, you know, like a different like like have a practice round before the game where like McGonagall teaches you spells. Because it just kinda broke up the storytelling where where Sirius taught you how to do Wingardium Leviosa. And there's the point there's a point where he's like, Wingardium Leviosa the lifted up spell or whatever. I'm like, oh my God, he's about to teach Harry how to do Picaryfidos <laughs> Like <laughs> a picture was the damn erectile dysfunction problem? <laughs> wow, you're a good. It's just him. Well, one thing I was gonna say later in the story, when you find out that Draco Malfoy is also like, you know what it is? It's like the end of the story. I felt like she was trying to cram so much in because she knew she wasn't gonna write much longer. You find out like at the very end. Okay, Hermione's the chancellor, and you and you get like whiplash and now you're like, oh, and uh, Draco's on her security detail, and then you get like <laughs> double whiplash, and then they're like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? This is so confusing. Let's go talk to Laura, because Laura is really, we can, we can we'll, we'll give Justin a significant glance later, and everything will be fine. And they're like, <laughs> Laura... Try and relax, but Hermione is actually the leader of the free world. Oh, yeah, I I know. I'm like, is there anyone (laughs) that's supposed to do it now? Like, I'm just like, are you you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You need to show points in the story where they reference it, because it really screamed like she
8: wrote it at the last minute.
1: I should be able to go back again and read it and pick up on the fact that Laura knows that.
8: The thing is, is I I don't think they ever mentioned the Chancellor in the presence of Laura at any point during the story. There is actually a, a, a schism between what happens in the office and what happens in the in the work or at home. Cho, Justin, George, Laura are never included in any of the spy stuff. It's always the, you know they're the, almost the, almost never I should say. With, there's the spy stuff and then there's the home stuff, and you never met, they never mention the Chancellor at home. They never you know they don't, they rarely talk about. Uh, anything having to do with the spy stuff, uh, they certainly don't mention the the list or anything like that in the entire last book to any of those people. So there's no reason to bring up the Chancellor. So there's no reason for, you know, someone say something about the Chancellor. And Laura's like, oh, I, uh, oh wait, no, I can't say anything. They're
1: best friends though. Well, there's the point where the FedEx guy comes to the door and asks for Mrs. Potter and He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, she died tragically like <laughs> 25 years ago. And they're like, um, you're Mrs. Potter. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and like oh crap but it's like it's the point where um, where Laura is mentioning her last name and she says Weasley by accident and completely humiliates her I mean they're best friends now if Laura knows that Hermione has a really 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 important job that she keeps from everyone including Harry you would have thought that at some point there'd be like like an overt reference to something it just seems like I just felt like it was written at the last minute and it didn't Fit what came before, and like I guess I would just have sort of appreciated something, anything. Because you know this—it's it's like the reference was that this ha- like she became ch- chancellor before Harry disappeared, and during the scene where Harry disappears, all you know is that she is absolutely and utterly lonely, and it's not like she has that to fall back on. Or you don't get the sense that as chancellor, she tries to use that power in some capacity to get Harry back. You know what I mean? Or you don't sense that she has the ability to turn off the magical world. You don't sense that she would use that in some capacity to help. Like, I don't know. I, I, it just felt like it was tacked on to the end. It, didn't, it, it kind of blunted the emotional impact of it. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, unfortunately, I think I put to sleep.
8: I thought it was interesting that they have a doomsday weapon that they have in command of Hermione, and they never actually think about using it at any point. Like, it's it's never really seriously considered for anything. It's it's kind of just like having, you know, a random – it's almost like they could have almost anything there. And, the, and it doesn't matter what it was because they, ta- they never talk about using it or, you know, you know anything like that. I, I thought it was kind of a wasted opportunity. Um, well, my thing with it
1: was I actually read the fic. There was a fic where they actually turned off the magic. And it was like <laughs> the worst – it was the second worst fic I've ever read. No, hold on. One, two. It was the third worst fic I ever read. <laughs> And I'm like, oh God, please don't turn off the magic! Please don't turn off the magic! Please, 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 God, don't turn off the magic! And they didn't turn off. It was just, I'm like, turn,
5: turn off the magic.
8: I'm going to channel Rina for a second and say the worst fic I ever read was a was a Harry Ginny Bond story. A damn soul, super soul powers activate.
9: <laughs>
8: <laughs> no, but there was this. There was a fic I read, and it started
1: off so well, but it ended with magic ceasing because the magical core of Percy Weasley encountered Merlin in like a dream state and like plucked out his magical feather or it
6: was a subplot. Where, pretty special.
1: Her, where Hermione I'm sorry, where okay. Ginny was like the nanny to the British Prime Minister. And there was a subplot where Rufus Gruncher was a vampire and bit the Prime Minister and like and McGonagall needed to get to the borough, but magic was gone so she like stole a taxi or something I'm like what the hell is going on here like it was the strange <laughs> story
8: a disaster movie where all the magic gets turned off and it's all the Harry Potter people
1: Moody was acting worked. headmaster at Hogwarts I remember this Moody was the acting headmaster of Hogwarts and the magic went out or whatever happened so the school could be seen by the muggles and I but but they no one could they, no one in the school could do anything because they didn't have magic so they had a telephone the school so Moody calls nine one one. It was like, ah, <laughs> but like, but they're in England. It's like they don't. I'm not, so it was the stupidest thing. Um, I forgive me if you're listening to this and you happen to have written that very wonderful thing But it was just like, <laughs> oh my god. But you remember know it, what it's it, called, it, or where we amazing. can find this? I remember what it was called. Intentionally
0: very cracky. Very <laughs>
1: Yeah it was it, it started off with great promise this fic and it kind of uh-huh. crashed into a wall doing about 85 miles an hour.
0: Right. Yeah. But the thing about those kind of like ultimate doomsday devices is you can't really dangle them too much over a reader's head because you know as re- as readers we know you know it's not going to happen. So
1: this one could badass- this one well it's not like this is the, the magical doomsday is the universe will explode. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's not gonna happen, but you know maybe magic ending might be on the table, maybe Harry losing his magic might be on the table. like there's some they have to be realistic enough that if they're used, the story can survive, maybe
8: mm-hmm. mm. yes.
1: Anyway, <laughs> that no, so You're like yes, that's excellent. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite shallow anthem. It's jolly good, it's really good. That was good. I like that. I like the part about how it could keep going. Well I've no I because I've read the story where Harry gave up his magic. I've read this and like he couldn't oh, do God. anything. And there was he was like there was a scene with him and like a can opener. It was like this ridiculous thing. I don't know, but
5: what was uh, not read... like what's the big deal of Harry can't use magic? It's a big deal of like, I don't know, Ron can't use magic, maybe.
1: Well, know what the thing just, was? If Harry lost his magic, you know what would happen? He'd live at Bailey Croft and drive a Jeep. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there'd be absolutely no... T- Ginny, it'd, or, be
8: a, it'd be a soccer coach. You've read that one.
1: And it's like the thing where it's like all of... um. <laughs> you love it. There's there's the one where um all of the muggles are coming to Hogwarts for the wedding, and I'm like, how do they see Hogwarts? I don't get it. It's No, they see it, but they don't see the magic, or I forget what it is. But... I've, like, read all those fics, so if it happened that way, whether well, it
8: works out in the end, I don't know. But.
1: So Napoleon is the mole. Napoleon or is,
8: the mole. is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Well, Never he is. mind. Harry is. He thinks Harry's the mole, but then he finds out. The whole mole storyline kind of uh, was, I don't think, was one of her better ones, it, it, especially since it had no closure to it. The, the fact it was that. Well,
1: there was no mole. It was like they were spying through the person or whatever, so the yeah. person wasn't actually meaningfully giving anything away. I thought it was funny, too, when Diz, you know, they think she's the mole, and she's sitting in the chair, and she scratches her forehead, and Harry's like, let her go! She's a secret agent! I'm like, or she have an itch? I thought not that 007, but
4: D7. Well,
1: I thought that would have been funny if she actually just had an itch in her forehead, and just scratched, and he's like, let her go! And she's like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, let me go, you better let me go. <laughs> that been kind of funny, but, in fact, no. The one thing I did think was actually kind of amusing, too, is, well, not amusing, but where Hermione tells people she's the chancellor and now she's going to Azkaban. I did like the moment where Harry is like furious at Remus. I'm sorry. He's furious. Well, Remus wasn't dead yet, but he was furious at Sirius and he's screaming, you know, Sirius, if you let this happen, you know, we are through. I will never speak to you again. And Sirius just shrugs his shoulders and he's just very upset. And he's strife and discourse and all that great stuff. And, I have to feel, I thought that would have been a suitable reaction if Hermione was going to die. But the first thing I couldn't figure out is if she went to Azkaban, why couldn't Harry just go to Azkaban and visit her there? And be with her. Because they were like saying their final farewells and I had to feel like she was going on vacation.
8: Well, there's not a whole lot about Azkaban in this uh, in canon, honestly. You know, uh, the way I got uh, the the picture I got of is is kind of a forbidding, you know, fortress. You don't, not really, a lot of people can get in or out. Um, And uh, you know, maybe the Ministry has a lot of red tape or something. He can't go there too easily. I know he has Harry Potter, but still, there's a lot of reasons why he wouldn't be able to immediately go see her at the. It's on an island, isn't it? It is on an island. That, I think, really, um, don't I'm know a whole lot after the end, besides yeah. the fact that it's on an island and there's Dementors. That's all you know. That's all they really say. Well, and, and it's unplaudable. Does it's, it's, it's unplaudable it in canon? Yeah, it's so. okay. Isn't it can- Well, I'm picturing
1: after the end where it's just surrounded by dead whales. So I was... Just, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't have that, that image readily available to me, but... There's a boat? I just thought that was my... Yeah. <laughs> But
8: Jen's on a boat
9: down.
1: right next to it it's an upside down boat directly next to it with jen <laughs> and she's she clinging to,
8: to the bottom it. of it but how how is she clinging to it it's hard to say you're gonna need a bigger boat poor zorb is like what the hell are these people talking about really? people <laughs> but um okay yeah it's it's all
1: right but yeah i thought that that was the one thing that got to me i'm like um you can just go and like you only have an hour left and i'm like oh god they can have sex like <laughs> well, they can have you know, the first third of sex. <laughs> I yeah. she has to go. But I thought that was well. My favorite line too was when um, one of my favorite lines was when she disappears, and they're 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 going through like the fine print, and they're reading like the like the asterisks at the bottom of like the Constitution of the whatever, and they're whatever the whole damn thing is and they're reading it and they're trying to figure it out and they're like uh-huh uh-huh okay it says here she is in the custody of whoever the deputy chancellor puts her in the under the custody of whoever they want and they're like serious what do you do he's like i don't know what do i do just point at them like he doesn't know what to do he's like i haven't read the damn thing so he's so he like he's like do i just point it wrong like he doesn't get how it works and they're trying to figure this out and they're like I think we're going to Azkaban, and I, I can't remember the exact scene, but it's like Sirius looks at Ron. He's like, come on, Sirius, all the cool kids are doing it. That was just really <laughs> cute. I like that. Sometimes the writing is just really cool
5: in this. I like it. I was a little surprised that I like this one because I don't normally, just to speak generally here, I don't normally like Hermione, but I didn't mind this Hermione at all. Um, uh, so
8: Hermione is quite uh, interesting.
5: Well, I well, think she's not it, annoying. <laughs> yeah, that—that's actually basic. This Hermione, like, unlike I don't know, like the lioness Hermione say, or whatever, whatever Hermione. Ugh. She's not. She's not annoying. She's not sort of like the all-knowing, all-powerful, despite being the chancellor. Uh, I don't know. She seems more human to this to me in this fic than she does in a lot of other fics I've read. I don't know if else agrees with
1: me. I'm just laughing on the inside right now because on that computer game I got on the uh, Order of the Phoenix game, there was a point where apparently I was supposed to go meet Fred and George in the, in the entryway or whatever, and helpfully in the game, if you forget to do something, Hermione will remind you. <laughs> At this point, I didn't want to go there, so I was doing something else. But Hermione kept reminding um, you, regardless. Every... Every six <laughs> seconds. Just and like now that.
0: you know what it's like to be
1: Harry and Ron of <laughs> Harry and Ron. Work. With. Every uh, six seconds. This is exactly what it was like. We need to go meet Fred and George in the entryway. We need to go meet Fred and George in the entryway. We need to go meet Je- Fred. And- it was like the worst ringtone ever. <laughs> and it just kept repeating over and over and over and over. because I actually tried to Cruciatus Hermione just to shut her up and it wouldn't work. And I'm trying to like... Look. And I kept hitting her with a desk, hoping I could like knock her out or something. And it, there was I, a desk. McGonagall got... Well, no, because McGonagall got bullshit at me because I kept rearranging the Transfiguration classroom and I kept like moving her chair and I like moved... I, I did something. I like hit someone. No, I hit... No, what did I do? I hit her... I didn't hit her with a coffee table. I hit McGonagall with... <laughs>
5: her chair.
1: <laughs> oh, and she docked me points and threw me out of the classroom, and then she went and talked she to me for the rest of the for that. <laughs> So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can, you know, piss off the characters enough. So I kept, like, whacking Hermione with, like, no, I kept hitting her with the chair in the common room, Oh God. and I tried to hit, then there was, like, the blackboard that spins, it's one of those spinning, and I kept whacking her with the blackboard, then I tried to throw right, it down a So you're right. Yeah, and what was funny, because I was reading a Harry Hermione fic at the time, so I'm like, this is really, I'm like, it's like the best of times, it's the worst of times.
5: Do you shut her up at least?
1: No, no, I finally just went to meet Fred and George, I just couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It worked.
5: Yeah, it worked for her, there you go.
1: Well, I I really like this game, because there's absolutely no chance you can lose at it. You can't die in this game, apparently, which is helpful for me because I'm the worst. Com- I'm the worst gamer ever, and I'm like, what button do I press? And I'm like looking at it like I'm
8: eighty. Yeah,
1: have you have you beaten it yet, Ryan? I'm trying to find Luna's clothes at the moment. I think it's possible. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, Harry Luna <laughs> fans, <laughs> never no, fear. So, actually,
8: so you have you're past the battle of ministry and everything then, aren't you?
1: I have a question. I think I lost.
8: Is it possible to lose to Voldemort at the Ministry? I think it is possible to lose, but I don't think that uh, you you know that that matters. I think you still win if you lose
1: because I think I lost, but I still won.
8: Yeah, because well, I think I, couldn't I think, find
1: any way to defeat. Yeah,
8: yeah, it's possible to defeat him, and then I, I when I played through, I did defeat him, but um, I, I don't think it matters. I think either way, he possesses Harry, and then. Uh, you know all, the, all right. the normal stuff plays out, and then the 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 finding Luna's clothes is kind of like an after, is is kind of like an epilogue quest.
1: <laughs> Everyone's running out to buy the game now. They're like, why? Where are her? Where? Why isn't she ever close with her?
7: Now that you've listened to Potterfic Weekly, go to GameStop dot com and pick up Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix used only for twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> Endorsed by Lord <laughs> of Potterfic Weekly.
1: Yeah. I was trying to figure uh. out how Spellcast of the Forge stay in the air every week, and now I know it's the endorsements. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
1: exactly, it's like the worst product placement ever. It's like in the middle of like a scene in like a TV show. It's like, honey, half Tropicana. It's hundred percent pulp free,
8: and it's like, it's like, 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 Robert's like, yeah, we're here at the Three Brewsticks today, and I'm drinking myself an ice
7: cold Pepsi Cola. <laughs>
1: pepsi it just <laughs> is
0: Yep, <good>. pretty much.
7: <laughs> oh, we needed we need definitely more uh, product, more product placement. placement. Exactly. Can I
1: just point out to my fellow Puffuanians that Jen is going on her annual trip to Yellowstone in like a week.
8: Yes. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Hopefully uh, it doesn't explode there. Place. Hopefully there's no bears this time.
1: Well, as we covered last time, if it explodes, Robert is the first to go, although Sue... Oh, sorry, yeah. Sue's, on, Sue's exactly. in the same
7: boat there. I'm afraid. I said Sue would go before I would.
5: Oh well. I'd be perfectly safe.
1: You just yeah. like, almost died in this podcast. A table fell on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're safe at all.
8: I'm safe from exploding Yellowstone, but not safe from global warming. You're unfortunately. are in the hurricane path. Yeah, dude, we got like six of them bearing down on us right now. I got to check that out. Actually, hang on a sec. Where do you
1: live? I'm gonna get taken up. I'm gonna get taken it's up Florida. like a tsunami. So that's how I'll go.
7: It's You're okay. I'm like, um, Nice beachfront property. Uh, whenever we have that earthquake, supposedly, so
1: when we have that earthquake, I think she's gonna have some nice beachfront property over there in Kansas. Okay. Yeah,
8: seriously. Well, you know, I'm actually I actually live in one of the highest areas of Florida as far as elevation goes. So, like when global warming melts the, the ice caps, we'll be like getting beachfront property where we're at.
0: I'm in California as well, uh, San Francisco Bay. Okay, so
1: you and Robert like zzz, gone. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah, it'll be the earthquake that takes me out.
1: No, mm-hmm. uh, Jen, our, our our host Jen yeah. actually looked into this. Apparently, <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to melt because apparently, melt.
7: according to the introduction of the show and an age old episode of Potter Fick weekly Weekly, uh, the one thir- this one third of America blew up, of supposedly. Because I don't know, that's the only thing I remember from that episode. But because <laughs> of Yellowstone, oh,
1: the Yellowstone Latino again.
0: thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. What Yellowstone will take you out, and you will melt and uh, the Mexicans will also die. Well,
0: well, not not if we break off on the earthquake first.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. that'd be true. Have like a whole independent little nation thing there going on. Yeah. It's okay, California it's take care of that. I'm you, anyway.
5: best in Arctic shipping is the way of <laughs> Okay, Mike, 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 <laughs> Mike,
1: Mike, 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 Mike. Okay, so just to recap again, Mike, I'm going to drown in the massive flood. But before I go, you want me to put all my money into shipping, because my house will be in the middle of a river.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, then you can buy a new house somewhere in like Kansas if you invest your money in Arctic shipping.
8: Actually, I'll be dead. you're getting like hurricane <laughs> before I do. When am I getting that? Uh, according to this, uh, Saturday uh, evening, Sunday morning
5: oh, should be going over. I have should plans. be oh, lancing
8: cool. over into the Northeast at that time.
5: Hey, did you even consider for a second, Ryan, getting married on the duck boats, or is that too cheesy for you?
1: I think it's too cheesy for me, but knowing my luck, because I'm actually going to be getting married right on water, I'm predicting a hurricane, because I'm having an outdoor wedding, so really, why not? It's in October, though, right?
4: And Jen's yeah. coming, right?
1: Jen will be there. I'm not exactly sure how. Yeah. Well, originally we were going to have Jen be our photographer, and then I had like this little like silent montage in my head where <laughs> I'm like, I got no. It was the the day we were going to ask her to be the photographer. Was the day she got bit by the fruit bat, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just want to say work. <laughs> Think that. We can like grab anyone and have them be a bridesmaid, but I'm not sure we can replace a photographer in plasma. Well know what the thing is, I never realized this, but the big thing when you plan a wedding, whenever you hire a photographer or a DJ or anyone, the question the first question you're supposed to ask is what happens if you die?
5: Really? That's kind of rude.
1: Well, I get no, because someone said that, but I guess that's what you have to ask. Like, what happens if you're my photographer? What if you because Ray on our forum, her, 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 uh, yes. florist, <laughs> the florist. her florist committed suicide right before the wedding? It's like, what do you do? So, like, I even know a DJ who that's the first question, he, that's the first thing he brings up. And there's these five DJs, and they all take every sixth week off, and they're on call for the other five in case one of them gets sick or something. But Jen is actually, she's she called, I forget if she said this in the podcast or not. But Jen even, um, she booked a wedding for, like, I think late March, and she's supposed to give birth in early February. And she's like, okay, late March, everything will be fine, ooh, unless I die in childbirth. And in case that happens, here's our backup plan. I'm like, oh, my God. That's preparation. (laughs) Weddings are serious business. They're serious business. But, yeah, so now I'm like... Ma- majorly concerned. Well, now I'm like, so I'm looking at the place where we're having the wedding. I'm like, what happens if you burn down? And the woman looks at me. She's like, you're not going to get married. Here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, thank you. Do it not- in your backyard at the first. Um- it's outdoors. So I'll just get married
5: in the parking lot where the building used to be. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
5: yeah. Is anyone in this pod right now married? <laughs> no? Nope. Okay.
1: Apparently I'm not. Sorry. Apparently not. <laughs> Oh, well. Soon you will be, though, right? I will be the first to go, or the second to go, or the third. To go. Well, it's really funny because a friend of mine's getting married right before I am, so I'm going to go to their wedding and like look for the do- what to do and what not to do and the don'ts and like the last notes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then they're going to come to my wedding three weeks later and like laugh at me because they'll be like, ah, stress free, and they'll be laughing at me as I'm like, oh, we are the rings and all this stuff. So,
5: are you going anywhere special for the honeymoon?
1: Like, we actually haven't figured that out yet. I was thinking of coming to California, but now I'm afraid I'll melt.
7: Well, where in California you did hurt. you want to go? We
1: were thinking of doing wine country.
7: Ooh, ooh that's,
1: that's nice.
7: nice. Napa's is awesome. Yeah, I would, I would, would highly suggest.
1: <laughs> that was actually like a universal endorsement. It was like a ooh.
0: It's a very nice area. Got We say. have a nice wine area too, though.
1: I should do like a puebla tour. I should just like drive
7: around, like get a picture with Chi, jump back in the rental car,
8: drive around, see. <laughs> that
7: would work. <laughs> Sounds like a romantic uh, honeymoon, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, go and meet all the yeah. poof of people.
1: Well, then at one point, Danielle wanted to take, like, we were going to take a two-week honeymoon. But I guess if you go to California, because she's a, she's a chef, you can take these, like, Friday, Saturday classes where they teach you how to do whatever, like, over, like, a two-day period. She's like, oh, that'd be really fun. I'm like, I have to have homework on my honeymoon. <laughs> it's, I'm just picturing coming back from this honeymoon being
5: completely What I bet awesome. she would like, that, so my mother got uh, her newest husband... Um, Her newest husband? <laughs> yeah, the, the most recent one. Uh, for their... I don't know. Whatever it was. I, I wasn't... In she there. has
1: them one at the a time, though, right?
5: Oh, yeah. She has them one. They're no stories. Mormons.
1: Collect all four. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, she's up. The only thing we know about Mike's mother so far, by the way, is that she blew her eyebrows off her face in a freak, grilling accident. That's the only thing we know about Mike's <laughs> This
5: right. is actually a, This wasn't the funny... Tragic she's that's just that's fishing it was of she... Uh, she she invited, it was his birthday, that's what it was, and she invited all the guests to the restaurants and made him think that he was going to be eating, and it's kind of like a big gathering for his birthday. But really what she did, she rented the kitchen out, so there were no chefs there. When they got there, she made him go into the kitchen and start cooking. So the person was like, he cooks in the kitchen for the guests for his birthday instead of being with them.
1: And that was a nice thing, or was that like
5: a. <laughs> well, if you're into cooking, it's a nice thing to get like the whole restaurant to yourself.
1: So let me yeah. get this straight. So on Danielle's next birthday, you'd be like, surprise, honey, you get to cook for us.
5: Well, but what it was, it was like, oh, it's. Just- Show of hands, who in this podcast is married? The restaurant, your family's <laughs> coming to the restaurant, and you get to the restaurant thinking you're going to eat dinner, and you're put in the kitchen. You get to make dinner for everyone else. When that you sounds were sounds
0: looking like forward to again. a nice night off. Yeah. like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the worst idea
1: yeah.
5: <laughs> Or maybe not.
1: Mike's like, go to Jamaica on your honeymoon. I'm, a, I'm broadcasting live from Hurricane Bob. I'm like, damn
5: you!
8: Don't go to hurricane season. Not a big deal. We should do that. It's should just put, like a, a poll
1: great. up on the forum. Vote where I'm going on my honeymoon.
4: Well, it worked with the bedroom set, didn't
1: it? It did work with the bedroom set. It did. I actually got the bedroom set. The, the forum told me to. It's really easy sometimes if you just put your life decisions up for public debate and vote. You let me vote. With well. that
5: slip cover thing, I gotta say, Ryan.
1: No, wasn't it like you needed like a slip cover for a pillow, and your alternative was like buy a new couch or something.
5: Well, and I bought your like slip- Mike. They make <laughs> and it not <doesn't> <laughs> like they make
1: these things called sleep covers. <laughs> covers.
5: I bought the thing and it doesn't fit on my couch, and they won't take it back. And I spent like seventy bucks on it too. Ouch.
6: And Mike says. Lexus- I woke up and there was a cockroach right there. The little pyromaniac was about to get his blowtorch out and torch the blanket. I suggested the use of gloves, and introduced him to the world of bed linen washing and disinfectant.
1: once after you spent like five hundred dollars to like get the same pitcher fixed five times.
5: <laughs> twice it broke twice. <laughs> oh,
1: All right. On that note. Paradigm of uncertainty. I began wanting to love a Harry Hermione fic. It turns out I really, really enjoyed a Harry Hermione fic. The later chapters, creatively, I think the story suffered a little bit, but I think given the fact that it was written over like a nine-year period it was just it was very well done the characters are very detailed i think if our problem with the story is that there was too much detail and it was too much plot that's a really good thing considering we could have read the story where harry lays on this couch and watches mash for 5
8: <laughs> chapters straight with nothing else happening takes a sip of his so, butterbeer puts it back down <laughs> looks at his watch
1: <laughs> no he goes to get a bite to eat he comes back, he watches the news.
0: It's like whole French, French existentialist novel, you know?
1: <laughs> no, don't you know, this is an actual fic. I'll send you a link to it. I read this thing. Really? It's like, God, it's no. it's like 17 chapters of Harry watching MASH. <laughs> and then you oh know what he does? God. He moves. He moves. So he packs everything up, and he moves it, and you watch him pack everything up and move it. Then he unpacks at the new place, and he lays down, and he watches more MASH.
9: <laughs> wow! It's like
1: that was the plot device to shake this th- thick up. He moves from like Five Main Street to Five Green Street, and then he <laughs> continues watching that. So, you guys have final thoughts on P.O.U.?
5: I liked it. Um, I was surprised that I liked it because I went into it expecting to dislike it. I especially liked Ron. I think he was my favorite character in the whole thing. I really liked uh, his—he was his humor, Ron's sense of humor. Um,
1: mm-hmm. That's me. I love the like house. Just- the house is my favorite character. <laughs> You're out of the house. house,
8: Bailey Croft is Ryan's favorite character. Uh, Mike, just curious, what's your what's your uh, OTP? Is it is it Harry Ginny or is it something else?
5: No, I don't have one. I, don't, I like you don't? my favorite fics are ones that don't have that aren't romance based. Okay, so that's like f- I like the I like the Snape adopts Harry ones a lot. If I had, if they're Ugh. the closest they have to one true pair, I suppose. Or the Harry. Just say
1: one thing about this. One thing about this fic. At one point, Laurie puts like in her author's notes, like, a warning about the chapter. And it's the chapter where where Harry and Hermione have sex, but, like, don't really notice they're having sex because they're so sad that they forget the fact that they're having sex every
8: night. Yeah, bad sex. And that was like, ooh,
1: yeah, and that was like, ooh, look how racy this fic is. It's describing the bad sex. That was, like, the the opening of a can of worms. Because from that point forward, they're having sex
8: everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> but that is well, after they had sex on Ron's grave, so you know it's. Um, you no, know. You
1: know, the grave came first. It was the grave, and then yeah, it was. So- then it was Italy, and then they came back. Yeah, and then it was basically on the boat in the house. There was the level four. It was the level four incident. Um, and my personal favorite in. Harry's office with the guy in the x cube. Still, that, that was unfortunate. <laughs>
4: I like that they almost missed picking up Ron from the hospital because they were kissing and and they just lost track of time. And what do
1: you mean we have to We've got hours yet. Oh wait, we've it's got great. Right. That's great when you're, like, laying in bed at, like, 2.30 in the morning and you, you you turn and look at your spouse and you're like, crap, we left the kid at daycare again! <laughs> it's like one of those moments. It's like Ron's missing for ten years. They leave him in the hospital, He's standing on the curb with this little
5: suitcase.
0: Hey, guys, what's up?
1: <laughs> Who's that? Oh.
5: oh, that's... What? Never mind. Oh, I thought, I thought to, we, to we were going to introduce Mike to <laughs> <I really laughs> oh, no, 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 that was, that, was,
0: that was me being wrong. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs>
1: We're adding August. sound effects live. Yeah. Uh. They we have Robert there. We'd have no announcements during this entire podcast. <laughs> All right, Robert, Ball. Yeah, I was going to say, think?
7: Paradigm of Uncertainty for me personally was a very defining story, um, mainly because it was the first story that I ever read in the Harry Potter fan fiction, at least the first novel length. So it really kind of... Uh, set forth a lot of things that would eventually come to fruition, such as things as me getting more active in fandom, uh, doing my own fan fiction podcast. So um, the paradigm of uncertainty has a huge uh, emotional spot in my heart. Um, but as for a story itself, um, I mean, it, I think it's a great story. I think that if anybody uh, who hasn't given it a shot yet, and I'm really, car- I'm really wondering why you're listening to this podcast and still... Not reading, but uh, really give it a shot because this is probably, I mean, I don't know. I could probably be told otherwise, but this is probably one of the best area of mining stories out there. But yeah, I mean, I'm just really sad that Laurie just never finished it. Um, it just seems like, I mean, granted at the same time, I also would have probably been very irked of how it would have turned out just based off of what she gave us. Um, with the fact yeah. that going to America and all that fun jazz. But um, I would have liked to see her write it out at least. And I'm really sad that she didn't get the opportunity to do that or didn't want to do that. Uh, other than that, I think it's a uh, a great story. And um, I definitely uh, give my seal of approval.
1: Well, there we have Robert seal of approval, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can definitely end right now. I didn't know your seal of approval came with this. Oh,
7: good God. All right.
1: All he's right.
0: got a big we'll little stamp.
7: Well, I was gonna be like all emotional and say it's my favorite pick ever, but no, I wasn't gonna do that show. Sorry,
5: that you just did.
7: <laughs> I did, but it could be my favorite. Ca- my favorite character was
1: Stella. My second favorite character was Justin.
7: I want to say this um, because I didn't get to be a part of that episode. Hands down, Napoleon is one of my favorite characters in fa- uh original characters within uh, fan fiction. Um, fiction. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I loved Napoleon, and I was really kind of disappointed where she was going to end up going with it, and that's why I was kind of really disenchanted with her direction that she wanted to take, but uh, yeah, Napoleon was awesome. Sorry, I'm done. Okay, go.
1: No, I I definitely think Napoleon, he's just a great character. He's the Lanier of of Harry Potter. Anyone who can place that reference, please do so.
0: So, it's hard for me to separate um, Paradigm from the context in which it was written, and and that's one of the reasons that uh, it's one of my favorite fixes because it was so seminal in the fandom and kind of got people started writing these these really long, um, you know, epic length fics that could really open up the world beyond the books that we had at that point and go in in creative directions. And I mean, th- uh, as I said, that's just one of many reasons I love it. Of course, I'm a big Harry Hermione shiver so. It's one of my favorite books for that reason too, but also just because I love the 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 world that she draws and the way that she she uh, brings the characters to new new possibilities. Yeah,
1: I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. It's one. It's definitely one of the most unique. Like I joked at some point when I was reading these chapters, I forgot what fandom I was in because it was all this talk of the Federation and the Federation Council and like. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like I'm in Star Trek, but
7: yeah, it definitely. No, I was just gonna say because I know that Lori is a huge Star Trek fan. I wonder if that's where she got the name for it. Definitely had some well, data that, you know
8: I'm sure was there Star was some influence.
1: Yeah. Ugly bags of mostly water. Yeah, I think it's possible she's seen a couple of Star Trek episodes.
0: There, there were
4: data things. Yeah.
1: Well, Hermione in one scene actually, I think she actually says all systems processing. Like all systems channeling. She channeled with she channels data. Like much. my God, she, <laughs> like Hermione is data. Oh God. <laughs>
8: For me, this was the, this fic was. Uh, um, I agree with people who said this is you know it was kind of a, a seminal fic. It was it was one of the first you know novel lengths. It, uh, for me, it it, it's, um, it shows I think the promise that um, they had early on. You see a lot of fanfic written after this, after uh, Order of the Phoenix came out, that kind of all kind of shoehorned into a similar box. It was. Tend to be a lot of repetition, a lot of you know, especially after book five, where you have the prophecy come out. You have a lot of a lot of stuff tends to follow similar pathways. You get a lot more of uh, people p- uh, picking Harry and Ginny as the ship. You know, uh, back when this fic originally came out, you know, Harry Hermione was as likely as anything else. You know, uh, we just had we just had the the ending of uh, Prisoner was at the beginning of this fic. You know mm-hmm. where Harry and Hermione going off on an adventure by themselves, which they had never done before. And and for me personally, it was the um, it was the first Harry Hermione fic I read. It was the first uh, you know um, fic that that didn't involve a cannon ship. So it, it really broadened my horizons as far as fan fiction goes and we apparently lost mike.
1: Yeah, with that I'm definitely glad we covered this fic. I think it was one of those ones where I really hoped I would like it and I really did. I obviously had some issues with it, but I think I laughed so much during it that it just it, any issues were immediately made up for the fact it's just incredibly well written and even if it took, you know, what 9 years to get 85% of the story out, it was it was one of those fics I'll always remember. It was definitely unique and um, I will never picture sex really the same way again after reading this fic and my wedding will
8: sex in this hopefully fic go off,
1: yeah, hopefully my wedding will go off without a hitch and you know my evil ex-girlfriend will not try and blow up the wedding hall and and your so. wedding
7: night lasts at least three hours <laughs>
1: yeah i have yeah. to tell you after reading this fic i'm gonna just feel you know Inadequate. Depressed, the, in, yeah, thank you, for, thank you yeah, that. was nice. I'm, gonna feel, well,
8: in, I'm gonna feel. It's Harry Potter. You know, I he's like he's it. he's super in all ways. So, yeah, yeah. He's
1: Harry Potter. Come <laughs> on, who can live up? Well, no. did anyone else think when Ginny came storming into the house, she would be like, "Harry, is it true that my boyfriend slept with Hermione?" And instead, she's like, "Harry." Are you a moron? Did you invite your ex to the wedding? And he just hits her with a hot dog bun. On that note, have a terrific night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everyone.
3: Good night. Good
1: night.
8: So hold on to the wonder
9: that those books brought to our lives.
10: Keep each other safe.
2: Keep faith. Good night.
9: (laughs) Welcome to the guest.
3: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Peoncast. This is PS. I'm Jen. Two. I'm Keza. Mike. And this week we are doing a personal favorite of mine. We're doing a very young girl's record of her own impressions by Ego Waffles. This is one of the funniest fix I have ever. Red. It's an Ariana fic because, as we all know, PS only reads past fic, and it is in the form of her diary, and it is absolutely hilarious. It was the the author's note that (laughs) made me fall in love with the fic, and you can hear the fire alarm going off in the background. It sounds like crickets.
6: You went, You went. it's absolutely hilarious, and then there was silence for the rest of us, and it sounded like the crickets were coming up <laughs> on the podcast.
9: <laughs> no, don't no, hurt us.
3: Oh, my God. I'm going to... There they go again.
9: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's like it tempts you too. every time you think it's done, it starts up again.
6: So your fire alarm sounds like a bunch of crickets?
3: (laughs) Maybe for you, but for me, it sounds like...
6: (laughs) That would drive me nuts.
3: It is about to drive me nuts. Yeah, we get our set off
6: by toast all the time. It was going off and we couldn't stop it. We actually have two. One's hardwired to the house. And then there's one that's portable, only that one's kind of smashed because <laughs> we set it off one time with toast and it wouldn't stop, and we accidentally broke it and it <laughs> fell off the roof. <laughs> We had the firemen come to our place once when we were living in a block of flats because what had happened was we moved into this place that had built-in fire alarms and we weren't allowed to attach anything because we were renting so we took our like six or something fire alarms that we'd had in the previous place and we put them in a box and we put them downstairs in the garage and we lived on the second floor so one day I get up and I go to work and when I leave for work once someone's smoke alarms going off it's really annoying but I just go off to go to work for eight hours I come home there's still this alarm going off and I'm like you know someone really needs to get that checked anyway my husband's shift work as well so he was doing the evening shift so I'm home alone just sitting there and thinking I wish they'd shut off that stupid smoke detector Anyway, the next thing I know, this fire truck pulls up and I'm like, oh, maybe someone's actually got a fire, but it can't have been burning all day. And the next thing I know, they're knocking on my door, going, (laughs) we need to check in your garage because there's this alarm going off. And I'm like, all right. So I get the key and go downstairs, and we open up the garage. And there's this box of smoke detectors, and one of them has gone off and has been going off all day. So eventually, someone had called the fire brigade, and I had these fireies, you know, coming up the stairs, knocking on my door. <laughs> and it was the dust. The dust had gotten into the smoke detector and was setting it off all day. <laughs>
10: And Mr. Keza didn't hear the smoke alarm when he got into the car and left?
6: I'm guessing not. He didn't realize it was coming from (laughs) Agara. I don't know why. (laughs) I hate smoke detectors. I really do. I know they're lifesavers, but honestly, they are the worst invention
3: ever. Apparently, as you can hear.
10: Public service announcement people do not... Take apart your fire
8: detectors. <laughs> and oh
3: yeah, and also, also public servants <laughs> so, I mean, and don't podcast if the fire alarm in your building is going off.
10: <laughs>
6: don't, <laughs> don't do what PS
10: don't keep
3: does. Podcasting if the fire trucks are driving into the courtyard and the firemen <laughs> are yes. they back?
6: Are they back?
3: No, they're they're gone. They're gone. Oh okay. <laughs> they were here. They were there when we started.
10: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your life is not worth the podcast.
3: Go. Shoot. So, well, I, I think I already said some stuff about the fake before the fire alarm went off.
10: Speaking of fix, this fic does a wonderful job of bringing other fix into it. Did you notice that?
5: No. What other fix does it bring into it?
10: Is anyone else looking at their ceiling right now?
5: Not no, until you said that. I, now I am.
3: What? What's on? Uh, what's on the ceiling? Nothing. <laughs> Did you get that, Kessa?
10: <laughs> you didn't notice that she talks about other important fictional works. Which in ones? this The importance of being earnest or Dorian
6: Gray or...
5: Dorian Gray's in a fic, though. It's...
10: Congratulations, you just crossed the line into completely useless. Get out.
6: Fic- fictional works. Fictional oh, fictional
5: works. Work. Oh, see, I'm trying to think of like what other Harry Potter fic. Yes, I did catch No, that. I'm
6: just
10: talking about fiction in general, about her bringing in references to other Fictional works.
5: I did notice
10: that.
3: That's so funny, because that's the... Re- did you see the reason why Percival Dumbledore was in Azkaban, why he hexed the Muggle kids? Yeah,
10: because... Because
3: <laughs> they gave for those books. <laughs>
10: Because they gave her those books and she didn't want to give them up.
3: See, I like this because it takes a serious thing and it makes it funny. Like, it takes a sad, serious, oh so important thing and it makes it funny.
10: (laughs) You know that her dad is a bigot and doesn't like muggles and then he (laughs) takes her books away and ends (laughs) up killing the muggles and going to ask Ben and (laughs) she goes over the conjugal visit.
6: (laughs) I I liked how Mama... Didn't want to go because the dementors just put it right off.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and the ending, I really, really? like the ending. I don't know. If that's-
3: oh yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's got to be one of the best last lines of fic ever.
10: <laughs> oh, and and dog breath, doge. Uh, poor yeah.
3: Elpheus, poor Elpheus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to make so, up to poor Elpheus by by picking an Albus Alpheus fic one time. Oh so
5: please, you guys have to tell me. Am I the only one though that as I'm reading this and I'm reading about albus flirting and all that that i'm thinking of the old dumbledore in my head like the 150 year old man as i'm reading this even though i know he's not but that's the image that kept popping into my head is that the only one maybe if you're weird
10: no i didn't think of the old albus when i was reading this
5: I guess just because he's the only. This is the first pick I read where he's young, so it's kind of like my mental image of him is still old. It's so like I'd be reading it and suddenly, like he, he turned old in my head. In the middle of like <laughs> him flirting with uh, Grindelwald, there'd be like this hundred fifty year old man in my head. I guess that was only me. How did me you though.
10: picture Grindelwald?
5: Him, I didn't have a problem picturing young. So we didn't really see him in the books as an old man much. You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't have like this sort of preset image of him in my head the way I did of Dumbledore. Yeah. Huh? maybe it was just me.
3: Yeah, maybe it was just you. I'm going to have to find you I'm going to find you some hot fan art.
10: Well, uh, yeah.
5: right thanks. Yes.
10: <laughs> yeah. And and the bits about about Aberforth and the goats, and they were some barn of them. Time. Was, yeah, barn I Time. Yeah, it's Barn Time. In
3: my notes, I tried to do Gen 2 style notes this time though it didn't really work out. I have two words Barn
10: time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I highlighted the, I highlighted the sentences. I don't really think it's wise to hold Aberforth up as an example of carnal propriety, unless Papa is really keen on having a starter for, or something for a grandchild. One of these <laughs> <laughs> I just kept picturing Phil from Hercules. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Line. I put some important visual aids in the chat box.
5: Is that, out of curiosity, the goat thing? Is that really what JK is implying, or is that more of a fanfic thing?
3: That's what she's implying. That's what she said in the interview. She she's it really implying well. it all over she the should...
6: shop, all everywhere. <laughs> it's implied. Yeah, it's implied. <laughs> yes. What did she say to the eight-year-old? something about what i can't remember what it was
3: it was totally like one of those things where it's like where a child asks like an inappropriate question and you have to give them like a well the the stork brings the babies yeah (laughs) I, i think i think it's one of those things
6: that she deliberately left up to people's imagination and it's whatever you want it to be and if you want it to be something like really perverted like that then it can be if you think he was just making their horns too shiny for their own good then that's what it can be too and I don't think it really matters what it is because she's deliberately left that open there are parts of stories that that authors deliberately leave open because the whole point of writing it is that you can imagine beyond the story I mean that's what fanfic is that we've imagined beyond the story that she's given us. And some people come out with some stuff that wouldn't even enter my head and some people <laughs> come out with some stuff that is fantastic and is how I see it. And then I myself come up with stuff of how I see it and that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter what she originally thought and it, she even knows that. It's about it's about what we make it. That's what fanfic is.
3: Yay! Yay. That was a good, good speech. Yeah, it was, but today. i was. I today.
10: I still do believe, though, that she intentionally veiled that in there for the adult readers to yeah. pick up on.
3: It's oh yeah, definitely.
10: You see a it's, lot in Disney
5: movies is,
6: too.
3: Yeah, there are a lot in that in a lot of kids movies yeah, that are like that. there are. There are a
6: lot of a lot of kids movies. There's two layers. The kids see something completely different in it than the adults do. But I think that second picture that you just gave us, um, Albus looks like a girl. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm purposely not even looking at those pictures. I'll tell you like, that. not
6: bad. Yeah, yeah, the first
3: one. I really liked the first one, actually. Okay, he. I think he, d- he. does look like a girl in the second one. In the first one, I really. I'm well liked
5: aware. The I Ken. never open pictures. PS gives me.
3: No, no. Open. Gellert looks like Ken. Like it is a Ken doll. Yeah. Open yes, the first he does look one, like like a Ken like. doll. There
6: is nothing. There is nothing wrong with the first one. Have a look at the first one. Seriously. They're yeah, fully clothed, oh, yeah. they're not suggestively posed or anything. They're the just... one on
5: the left looks like a girl on the first one.
3: No, he doesn't. The one on the left? You mean you can't even tell which one's which?
5: Which one's which?
6: <sighs> Our... yeah. Oh my goodness.
5: <laughs> okay, excuse me. <laughs> He has white hair when we see Remember
6: him. Remember in Chamber of Secrets. He had secrets. red hair in all the flashbacks. Of That's secrets. true,
5: actually. Book now that you Chamber. say that, I read Chamber
6: of Secrets, book two. He has red hair in the diary. I am <laughs> serious here. How can you not right, know he he's red, a hair. red head?
5: Then Grindelwald looks like a girl.
3: No,
6: he yeah, doesn't. He totally doesn't.
3: He looks like a very pretty boy, he but he isn't... doesn't look like a girl. We should
5: put this link in when we put up okay. the podcast. Okay, the Mr. Decide. History
6: Buff,
3: with your crazy World War II about, film
6: about Hitler, remember what World War Two was about? Like, I don't want <laughs> to be insensitive um, should... here, but remember the whole blonde hair, blue eyed race thing that Hitler had a, an obsession with? That's yes. where Grindelwald comes from. He's German and stuff. He's going to look pretty like <laughs> that, with the blonde hair and the blue eyes and the whole Aryan thing.
10: Yeah. Yeah. he has got a okay. big, big <laughs>
6: point.
5: Is yeah. He, I, I never realized he was German. I, I mean, I knew he was, for some reason I was thinking Scandinavia. I don't know why. But like that would also make no. sense. Did July 3rd, you know? you know?
10: 1899. I'd be happy to give it to you, Fraulein. Open
3: Look at we'll <laughs> that lab. The whole. <laughs> and where's the line oh. where she's saying he was from Germany or Switzerland or Bulgaria or what have you? Yeah. That, that is another great line that the
5: just gets into. Yeah, yeah, I was just in the same area as Crumb, actually. That's
3: i into this. Okay, Gell- seeing Gellert as Crumb has just broken a circuit of my brain. I'm going to
6: have Victor Crumb is a Bulgarian in the 1990s. Gellert Grindelwald
5: right. is
6: German. German.
5: Wait, right, I'm saying I assumed he was Bulgarian, too, I think.
3: <sighs> well, just because... Like, what is, is every foreigner Bulgarian? What happened to every well, foreigner Well, no, just because of French. Book
5: 7 and the personal nature for Crumb with him, it's I kind this- of mentally take them as vision,
3: it's the
6: blonde Italian stuff in the prison in Nuremberg. 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 German. That's, that's
5: right. That's right. It's
6: Nuremberg. Yeah, Nuremberg. Where it
5: is. Norman it's Gard. German
6: anyway. Nuremberg. <laughs> that was Nuremberg. the real one, wasn't it? The concentration Oh. Yeah. And the whole parallels with World War II throughout <laughs> the whole series.
5: Well, that's. but that's not with Gr- Grindelwald. I remember in. In fan in the fan world, there were all these like uh, I would read all these things about Grindelwald, like you know, working with the Nazis and blah blah blah. But he he, it's Voldemort really who has the World War Two connections, not Grindelwald.
3: Grindelwald had for the what do you call good? He shrugged after a moment so and said good. that it didn't really matter what country he was from. As I think
10: I hear it. the bats.
3: <laughs> no, bats are gone
10: that was a joke because we're all so speechless i think we That's i hear totally the bats
6: cheap 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 i'm just i'm just gonna look I at the, look the second, second picture, picture. They <laughs> look like girls.
3: so we're gonna have to link to these pictures i wouldn't we have to remember first the, one order. Was the one
5: there's only two aren't there
3: the first one is the one where they're wearing clothes oh, yeah. the second one is the one where they're. But it's not... They're just... They're not wearing shirts. Yeah, I mean, right. they could be wearing bathing suits. <laughs> you believe that a <laughs> They be, right?
9: Just you <laughs> tell yourself
3: that.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, see, it's got a blue yeah. background. I think yeah, they're going swimming. <laughs> they're in the pool
5: right now. They could be going swimming, but I don't think they're wearing bathing suits.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Except I think they are.
10: <sighs> oh, <Except laughs> this is so fun. It brings me back to old times. Welcome back
3: to Pioncast.
10: Welcome back to Pioncast. You know... I, the whole diary, the whole diary way of writing, style of writing for this was, was very entertaining and it brought me back to Jane Austen <laughs> with all the little et and et and things.
3: Oh yeah, I love that.
5: You know what it actually reminded me of style-wise a little bit was, um, Naked Quidditch Match actually.
3: Yeah, I can see that because it's not a story, it's a diary and that was Males.
5: And even the humor a little bit, too.
3: Because it's sexual humor?
5: Well, yeah, that, too. I mean, obviously that, <laughs> but also, I guess, the, sort of, like, uh, the tone of it. I don't, I don't know. That's what popped in my mind, anyway, as I was reading it. it was like no, I
3: didn't. It.
10: I just thought that the, her dark humor was very funny. I would
3: say, yeah, the closest thing it reminds me of is, I don't know if anyone read The Chronicles of Lucius. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my God, you have to read The Chron- Chronicles of Lucius is... um lucius's diary during chamber of secrets and it's written exactly like that in this this pretty much this exact style it's so funny i'm gonna find a link right now
6: i was reading the <laughs> the bit May 27th 1899 she's going on, have I got some news to write about today? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm like, okay, what's happening? And it's like mm-hmm. Mama came across my secret station at Oscar Wilde and they had a row and got me into a bit of a strop and it's all like completely understated and then never really learned to control my magic and da 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 So I ended up bringing a bit of the wall down. I'm like, that's bad. And then in other words, and to conclude, Mama was flattened like a leather fold in a flower. I feel dreadful, of course, but really she oughtn't to have touched my books. I must see after getting another copy <laughs> I'm like and it wasn't until I read the next entry June the 1st 1899 funeral today and I thought card parties were socially uncomfortable <laughs> just the real matter-of-fact way there's there's it says to me that there's some um, there is something about her that she it wasn't um because there's lots of theories about why she looked like went mad or whatever but I think that she might have been a just a little bit. There are people like that. I'm getting all tongue-tied. I don't know, what, Luna? but that really do have that detached. Luna doesn't kill people. Well, she doesn't kill people. No, no. but She's a little bit like I'm that. I'm trying to compose myself.
10: No, I understand detached. what you mean. Her her level of of attachment with reality yeah. is just she's not just there. She's just detached,
6: and there are people like that in society that not few and far between, but they sort of they'll do something and it it makes me think that she had the ability, like this is going, you know, I've probably watched too much CSI the ability to become one of those serial killers because she seems really detached from the fact that it's happened. Like the way, you know, they talk about little boys, they they kill the cats and then the next thing you know they're murdering all over New York and whatever. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, her, was, like least she has that, in that Australia. Sort of detachment that because she, you know, I've got some news and I brought the wall down. I got in a bit of a strop. Like she doesn't see the full spectrum of of her uh, of what she's done. And I don't know whether well, that's because she's in shock from having done it. Well, I or think if she, that's why they didn't send her to Hogwarts because she had this weird persona already you know well here's
10: a good example of a june 14th it's just a few down it says gellert's climbing up and and it says is it true you're a squib he asked when i had got the window open i responded by making the apple in his hand explode he let out a funny sort of cry and fell out of the tree landing on all fours like a cat then he straightened bowed to me and ran off toward batty Bagshot's garden gate git you know she just totally blew up you know something in his hand Because she could, and she thought it was funny.
6: And and also, it says she, from her perspective, he let out a funny sort of cry and fell out of the tree. But I'm thinking she blasted him out of that tree. She doesn't realize, like, because if the apple in your hand explodes, you just kind of go, oh. But I think that what actually happened, given he landed on all fours like a cat or something, is that she blasted him out of the tree.
10: Yeah, I mean he she she scared she either scared him and he and he lost hold and fell out of the tree or she actually blew yeah. him out either of the way, tree. Either way but one way or the other you don't you don't scare someone like that when they're hanging out. Yeah, and she's it.
6: she's just kind of like Oh he's a git. It's or all his fault. Like, oh, he be. fell out of the tree, not like oops oh dear, I hope he's okay. You know, it's like oh he's a git <laughs> You know, there's complete nothing. she doesn't register Correct. the gravity of, of her <laughs> actions and what she's done. Which, um...
5: Something else you can see like that, which is my favorite line, is July 25th, where it goes, uh, today Albus and Gellert announced they had formulated a plan for world domination. The weather continued charming, if a little more <laughs> humid than previously.
3: <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I mean. That's a big thing. And she's just like, oh, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a perfect example of people telling children things in the August 4th, where they're explaining Oh, what they're yes.
10: Doing. Yes, 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 yes. I was eating a
3: sherbet lemon. <laughs> We were, we'd were just gone for a swim in the pond, and I was eating a sherbet lemon, and it, it went down the wrong way and got lodged in the back of my throat, and Gellert here was able <laughs> to get it out with his, or, er, well, tongue.
10: I can only stare at Gellert's naked backside with an air of, what did was call it, vacant sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> She's too young to think anything anyway, cheeky bastard. She's. Way beyond
6: her yeah. years, and obviously. See, so they think that she's too young. And she's like, earlier she said they've christened everywhere else in Godric's Hollow anyway.
5: How old is she supposed to be at this time? Um,
6: well, I'm not sh- What,
10: 12, yeah. maybe?
3: Yeah. 12
6: Ish. or 14. She's not too young.
10: She should have gone to Hogwarts already, but she didn't.
3: Right. She's, is is she's she the between youngest? the boys? or is she's Albus the youngest. is 18,
6: because he's left Hogwarts. So this is the time. He's just finished Hogwarts.
3: Yeah. Right. And I think Aberforth is two years younger than he, so I'm gonna say she's probably around two years younger yeah. than him, so I would say she's fourteen. So are we gonna say anything else about the fic? Hmm.
6: Hmm.
5: Good ending. I
10: think it was a good all the way around
5: fic.
3: Yeah, funniest fic one of the funniest fics I've ever It
10: was read. it was very funny. I I liked the literary references. I like how she brought Oscar Wilde into it. I liked how she made us question Ariana's sanity.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I like that Geller is dreadful of <laughs>
10: winking. Yeah, it made me made me think of someone you know with something in their eye, you know, blinking. <laughs> I'm realizing that you're not watching me, but I'm sitting here in my living room going, ah, w- w- winking. Uh, okay. So, yay.
3: Looks like that's it. So, next week we will be back same peon time, same peon place With another another sick.
10: All right. So let's say
3: goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.